Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog. And today we're going to look back at the year 2022, which for me was a fantastic year of music. As I always do, I like to go through my favorite releases each year, but I was kind of getting tired of just being the crazy guy ranting into the microphone alone. So I decided I wanted some friends to help me out this year. So I'm very excited to have Permanent Record Podcast, Brian and Sarah Lennon joining me. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Great. Thank you so much for having us. Happy to be here. Thank you. Is it completely true that 2022 was only 12 days ago? It feels like a month ago, at least. I know, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah no, it doesn't seem possible. Like, I, 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 I'm still living in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, th- thanks for coming on and doing this, guys. I'm super pumped to talk about music with you guys because, like I was just saying earlier, I see you, Brian at least Brian posting regularly his the new musical acquisitions in your house regularly by whether it's by old bands, new bands, reissues, whatever. So I figured this you guys would be the perfect ones to join me for this episode. Yeah, I'm really excited to join you. I, I'm not sure who I think cares about what music I buy, but I do post that pretty much every week. But let me tell you something. I, I post those pictures like, hey, here's what I got this week. I've never come close to the haul that you posted from your Christmas, <laughs> like your Christmas input, your CDs that you got from Santa Claus. That was insane, man. That was uh, half of those were, well, not even half. Like I'd say like a third of those were from my parents and then the rest were from my wife. Wow. So yeah, those are, those are two separate hauls. <laughs> Did you get did you get any presents that weren't CDs? Oh yeah, I got some records. Mo- I got some movies, I got some books, I got some shirts, like the shirt I'm wearing right now, soft sell uh oh. neon shirt. Very cool. Very nice. Yeah. And I, I got some other stuff too. I finally got uh I got this uh vest I've been wanting because I wanted I've always wanted my own heavy metal vest with like iron on band patches and stuff. And mm. my wife got me the supplies to start that for, for Christmas, and I'm super pumped. I'm looking forward to starting that but mine's going to be a little different because you'll, you'll have your ozzy osbourne and judas priest and stuff like that but you're also going to have prince and gorillas and whatever else i want to throw on there if i if i could find a dead or alive patch i'm going to put it on the jacket <laughs> i'm my goal is going to be to find you a falco patch <laughs> <laughs> all right i would i would totally put that on there that would be awesome all right i'm going to start looking as soon as <laughs> we're done here i'm gonna the first thing i'm going to do when we're finished is i'm going to go order one of the cds we're going to talk about that I've become obsessed with from your list. And then after I get that, I'm going to start my hunt for the Falco patch. Nice. So I decided up top before we get into the albums, uh, we're going to do top 10 albums and then we're going to do reissues and live albums. Um, I wanted to ask you guys. So do you feel like, cause I, I I've talked to some other people about doing this and they, they're kind of like, yeah, I just don't get as much new music as I, I used to. Do you guys feel like you guys are still like, you know, pursuing music like you did when you were younger? Like, you know, whether it's by the artists you love or new artists? Yeah, that's a good question. And yeah, it's kind of an interesting answer, I think, for us. Um, On the one hand, we are, you know, Brian's posting new music that he acquires every every week. Every week he's getting something new and, and bringing it into the house. But as far as like discovering new artists, that part, I don't think we're quite as good at as we used to be in in the years past. Would you agree, Brian? I would totally agree. And I blame, I kind of blame that on, well, of course, part of it is that I'm 52 years old in a couple months. I'm, I'm set in my ways, but 
also there's there's so many bands and there's so many ways to discover bands right now it's it's almost like an overload in the old days i would discover bands by reading like star hits magazine or i'd see something new reviewed in billboard and i'd be like oh i gotta check that out now there's so many places just like you're bombarded with yeah. choices and it's just shooting like, I don't dozens of band names like if, again if you like depeche mode you'll like these 25 bands <laughs> like oh where do i start so yeah i do like to i still like to to order music and, and get if i see any of my bands have something new coming out i'll be sure to get it right away but in terms of keeping up with like new acts who i might like uh, i really do a, a bad job of that i feel interesting yeah for me it kind of depends like there, there's certain stuff i've fallen out of love with like like or like may not fall out of love with but like you know i used to really be into hip-hop but i've kind of like have like grown out of like keeping up with that but like the stuff i really love like rock and roll and some of the other like random stuff like i've really gotten to synth pop this year as we'll talk about um I, i'm really good at keeping up with that stuff and new music just seems to find me i just have this endless curiosity for it it, se it seems like but i still do tend to float back to those like core bands i love so i know what you mean yeah your your interest in music band always impressed me they, they're so diverse you you seem to encompass almost everything like when you just said you like you were into hip hip hop for a while i'm not surprised at all just because you seem to sample every genre yeah i love looking at your daily playlist because it's such a diverse list of albums that's like oh my gosh it's everything from yeah it, as we'll discover in your top 10 list i think it's quite a quite a range. It's it's awesome. Yeah, this 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 list is always hard for me to make, uh, and I've done it a few different ways. One year I did fifteen. One year I did twenty. Like it's, it just like I could talk. There, there's so many things that came out this year that I listened to and enjoyed, but I had to really work to narrow it down. Did you guys like? I know I just kind of not not to like kind of repeat the question, but like when you guys put the list together, did you have trouble narrowing it down to ten, or did you have trouble getting it to ten? I think we were only a couple over 10 as far as the, like the choices that we were working with. Yeah. I think we, I think I narrowed it down to about 15 Yeah, and that was relatively easy. And then the final 10 from that was a little difficult. And since we wanted to show up with a, a an official permanent record podcast, top 10 list, we each submitted a, a top 10 list and then through mathematics, unlike anything since <laughs> Galileo, we, we um, calculated what our official top 10 is li list is based on, on what we each individually developed. I would be curious to hear how that works sometime. Cause I was messaging with Brian, Sarah, and he's, he's he mess mentioned to me that Bruce Springsteen didn't make the cut. Yeah, yeah I know. That was, that was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was your fault, but it was also my fault because I had it low enough on my list that it, you know, he couldn't That's make the cut. True. If I had him at like two or three, he still would have made the cut. That's right. So yeah. it's all the mathematics. Oh, yes. I blame all, it on numbers. All very complicated formulas. And <laughs> yes, hocus pocus. <laughs> well, we'll start with our with our top 10, uh, working our way up to number one. So just uh, give us a little uh, description of the album, a little history with the band and some of your hi highlights. So I'm going to let you guys kick it off. What's your number 10? All right, so I'm going to go first then. It's usually ladies first, but I'm going to go first because I'm the one who got this band on the list. This is uh, number 10 from the Permanent Record Podcast for 2022 is the London Suede, as we call them here in the U.S., Auto Fiction. Think about when I think of all the things 
And so it's kind of interesting to me, at least, that this band made my top 10 because up until this year, I knew nothing about this band. And they're one of the the first bands to come around in the, the era of Britpop. I think they actually may have released the song that coined that, that phrase, a label that they went on to not really be fans of. But in the 90s, I was so into um, collecting everything I could find by Queen and I was just trying to escape the grungy guitar sounds that I was hearing on U.S. radio. So I just kind of ignored all new music except for Robbie Williams. And um, so Suede was not in my ra- on, on my radar. But over the past year, a number of people who listen to our podcast would just message us out of the blue and say, you guys should check out Suede sometime. If you like Bowie, you're going to like them. And, you know, after like four or five people without being prompted, had told me that I was like, well, maybe I should, maybe I should do it. So I think I pretty much have all the suede albums now, except for two, because they started in the nineties. They were around for a while, broke up and then got back together. And they've been together since well, sometime in the two thousands. I think I'm not really up on my, my history of them, but this new album auto fiction is getting great reviews, like from all corners of the world media, here in the UK, everyone seems to love it. And it's more of a, a heavier, uh, aggressive album than some of the earlier ones that I've been listening to. But after the second listen or so, I, I really, really connected this one, connected with this one, and I'm really, really digging it. So it, it hit number 10 on our list. And I think I sent you the song, She Still Leads Me On, as like a sample, which yep. is a great first single, but it's not absolutely... Uh, a good indicator of what the whole what the rest of the album sounds like it's it's a great song but the the album itself is a, a little heavier than that interesting yeah i i enjoyed the song you sent me i thought it was a a really really good t- song i never heard of the london suede uh, but i'm definitely curious to check check them out now and i gotta be honest with you i was kind of surprised you picked that one brian because one thing that always sticks in my head i don't know if you remember this like the first time i met you we were doing a pods and sods where mm-hmm. we were picking uh favorite jy stick songs and you said the statement that still just boggles my mind to this day i felt embarrassed to like the song because it had a lot of heavy guitar <laughs> so when yeah. i when i heard this one and it's got like almost like a distortion squeal in it before the solo i was like oh wow <laughs> i was yeah, that, not ready for that that statement is very much a, a young brian thing a high school college era brian who really didn't like guitars to be in his music very much at all. He tolerated it with the cure. 
but uh yeah he he wasn't into the like the hard rock guitar sound as a rule but i'm over it now yeah i think getting into queen had a big (laughs) effect on that and of course i did like we said i did like sticks back then i did like the guitar sound of sticks but i guess i was kind of embarrassed that i did (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just thought that was so funny it's still it still sticks with me sometimes so it's something I've never heard anyone say before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it is uh, a pretty weird statement, but I wouldn't stand by it today. Yeah. yeah. Good pick. Good pick. I've never heard of it, but I would definitely be checking it out. Sarah, you got any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I've I've just kind of followed along with Brian as we uh, as he's beginning getting into this way, London suede and. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not quite as into them as he is, but I'm not like against them. So I'm I'm enjoying what I'm hearing, and I think this new album is is pretty good. Nice. Well, uh, I'll do my number ten next. So, like I said, my list was kind of uh, difficult to whittle down, and the, the number ten spot kept changing. But at the end of the day, I ended up going with uh, "Cry Baby" by Tegan and Sarah. <laughs> duo like now they're kind of like they've in later years they've moved more towards like a synthy new wave sound um i I was recommended this band by a friend that said hey well you like the cars you'll probably like tegan and sarah which seemed like an odd thing to to me but because i I (laughs) it does they're an an indie pop band i was like that doesn't sound like something i'll enjoy but i checked out uh (laughs) i checked out their album heartthrob and that really won me over it reminded me of blondie it did remind me of the 80s sound that i really liked so since then I've been a fan and this new one coming out, man, I was excited and I got it and it did not disappoint. It's very bubbly. I love the melodies. The lyrics are very honest. They're about growing up and, you know, you know, like the struggle with that, you know, like, you know, trying to become basically like an adult. And like, I think part of that comes from uh, one of the, I can't remember if it's Tegan or Sarah, one of them had a kid before the album. So there's that, you know, bit of parenthood in there you know it's it's an interesting thing especially like you know this year i turned 29 so like you know i'm definitely growing up uh yeah this is a great album if you love like 80s or like synth pop this is a good listen um my highlights i love i can't grow up i love all i wanted i love yellow smoking weed alone and the song whatever that was so yeah this is a great record i highly recommend it and i saw them live on this tour and that was a lot of fun uh what did you guys think of the song i sent you i think i sent you i can't grow up yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh my, it was a lot of fun. And um, we watched 
the video that came with it. And boy, that video was, was just delightful to watch. They're, they're really fun, very entertaining um, little pair there. And yeah, it makes me want to check out the rest of the album because I really liked the sound that they were um, bringing to that, that song. It sounded really good. It was right up our alley. Definitely. It's funny you mentioned Heartthrob because I actually own Heartthrob. It's just, it's not here on my, my main CD shelf. I had to make room for everything I bought during the <laughs> pandemic. So certain things got moved and I never listened to it much. So I moved that upstairs, but there was, there was one day we had a record shop in our area that was closing down and everything was 75% off. So I remember I went in and I got that Heartthrob album and I picked up Jeff Tate's first Operation Mind Crime CD that day. Oh, I'm, I'm not oh, sure why that sticks out in my mind, but I'm I got sorry. this. Through. Guitars. <laughs> um, excuse me. So, so I have that album and I remember really liking the sound, but I just don't ever play it. So when I saw that, that you included this song, I was like, oh, this is cool. I'll get to hear something else by this band because evidently I did have an interest in them. And this song is great. The chorus is what makes it so awesome to me. The verses are fine. The verses sound like sort of a modern pop song to me, the way that she sings it, the accompaniment behind it. And I was like, oh, that, that's that's good. Whatever. But then the chorus hit and it blew me away. I was like, this is so catchy. I, I love this. And like Sarah said, we watched the video along with it because as children of the eighties, we still, we still connect music to the video and see value in videos. So when there is a video for a song, we like to check it out. And if you can watch this video and not be won over by this band, then you have no heart because they're, <laughs> they're adorable. This, the girl who doesn't sing much woman, uh, they're, they're not girls, the, the woman who doesn't sing very much, um, who's just kind of does some background vocals and acts funny throughout the course of the clip delighted me. She's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is a great song. I ranked all of your songs on a sky came up with a scale to rank your music. Uh, Sly dog. Of course um, he did. So a song can have one of three rankings. It can have top shelf, which means it gets my highest, highest ranking. It can get, that's good. Which means I liked it, but I didn't love it. Or it can, or it can get in I double S D, which stands <laughs> for, stands for, I'm sorry, Sly dog. <laughs> so this song gets a top shelf this is a great tune and i'm anxious to uh check out more from this album and i'm gonna dig out my old album from the upstairs yeah. uh, shelf awesome i'm glad i could turn you guys on to that yeah glad you enjoyed that one they're they're pretty amazing and you could catch whales with those hooks <laughs> yeah definitely nice all right what you got for number nine all right, all right. brian is up again for this one um, <laughs> We're taking turns, but not like very much back and forth. We're we're just we kind of divvied them up. So it's back to Brian again. We did, and it's it's funny that um this one falls to me because I sort of think of this as a Sarah band. It's true, it's a band I first got into, but then your love of them, I think, back in the early two thousands, outgrew mine, and then we both yeah. got away from them. Yeah in the late two thousands, and we are back with the brand new album from Porcupine Tree. Our number nine pick is Closure Continuation by Steve Wilson and the boys in Porcupine Tree.
hundred rooftop stretch Across a crowded skyline in relentless melt Smog and cigarettes Poisoning the wealth of those beloved love Beautiful young soul I've been to you Trusting you, I lose all self control. Lay the nest with feathers, wave goodbye to youth. And I, I really seriously thought I would, well, I sort of thought I would never hear new music from Porcupine Tree ever again right? because they've been broken up for so long. So it was a surprise when this came out. But I also thought if they did release anything, I wouldn't care because I did not like those last two or three albums, Fear of a Blank Planet and The Incident. Um, we had a bad time at one of their shows and... Um, I just thought I was over them, but as soon as I heard some of these songs, man, especially the one I sent you, Love in the Past Tense, which is a bonus track on the CD. It's not even on the album. I don't think it was done in time to make the the vinyl. Um, they completely won me back over. This, I don't know if you're uh, uh, familiar with their their older stuff, but from Lightbulb Sun on for the next couple albums, they just had this sound that really, really appealed to me. They they do great mellow tracks, great ballads, and then good progressive rock. And you get a mix of both on this record. So um, if you like prog rock or if you like Porcupine Tree and you listened to them 15 years ago, I would definitely recommend checking out this new album. Yeah, I, I, I this almost made my list. Uh, it's definitely in my top 15. I love this. I love this album. Um, I haven't been a fan as long as you you guys have. I kind of came in more to the Stephen Wilson solo stuff. Uh, shout out to Craig okay. Smith, our buddy at Pods and Sods. He did a great episode on Stephen Wilson and his solo albums. And that was what I knew for the longest time. And I kind of dipped my toe into Porcupine Tree. I think I bought a, uh, in, a, in Absentia. That's the one I bought. And I really enjoyed oh, that yeah. one. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I never went anywhere other than that. Like I just kind of stuck to Stephen's solo stuff. And then when this came out, of course, I was curious to check it out. And I really enjoyed it. It's it's just a dense, heavy prog album. And I think Stephen Wilson is like probably like one of the best, you know, writer musicians out there right now. He's really like just the things he does he does sometimes with his melodies and stuff. They're they're wonderful. And even like some of the more complicated stuff on this album, it still sticks with you. Like a song like Chimera's Wreck, you know, that's a big epic song, but that'll like stick in your head. Same yeah. as her and her culling and dignity. I love those. I like the song you picked. Because I hadn't heard it, I have the CD, but it doesn't have the bonus tracks. So I thought I thought that was really cool that I got to hear that. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. yeah, that that was a really good choice. Yeah, because uh, it they're so good. Um, my I, I would say you start with Light Bulb Sun. I do. I'd go back one further. I'd start with Stupid Dream, because because that has probably my favorite Porcupine Tree song on it. It's hard to say. You know, you pick a day and I'll pick a different song. But I love that era from. 
that uh, through, you know, right before Deadwing. Yeah, Deadwing. Yeah. Those that that period is just is perfect for me. And it's it's nice to hear them kind of more back in that era with this album instead of where they were at the point of the incident, because that just that kind of music didn't appeal to me. But this is, yeah, much more what I want to hear from as a porcupine tree fan. Now, the aforementioned host of the Pods and Sods Network that you you brought up, yeah. I can't say his name because on their most recent episode, he couldn't bring himself to say my name. So I'm <laughs> I'm going to return the favor. But um, <laughs> he recently prompted me to revisit the incident. And it's not as bad as I thought it was. Okay, I thought it was super aggressive. And I think maybe that was more the, the concert experience, the okay. music, and the crowd was super aggressive. Yeah. And that reflected poorly on, on the album to me. But um, we also found out through talking with that fellow, who mm -hmm. I won't mention his name, we <laughs> were actually at the same concert at, I think, at the TLA in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he was at that show that we were. We were in the first row. Okay. And I think he was in the first row, too, because he was bootlegging the show. Oh. <laughs> but it was known that he did, and the band actually reached out to him and asked for the recording, I think. Like, they Whoa. wanted to use it for something that ultimately never reached fruition okay but um he could have had an in at the porcupine tree camp uh -huh. that's pretty amazing i, I love that <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I heard that story i think he i think he actually got to interview steven at one point i feel like there's an interview with him on pods and sods somewhere oh i can't remember but um that sounds yeah i think that wouldn't sounds, be surprised yeah reasonable possible but, those but, guys but, get some good guests they do uh, but back, back to that last album you checked out for a second, like when you say heavier, like I thought In Absentia was kind of like a heavier album, like definitely heavier than Closer Continuation. Like, are we talking like, did they like suddenly go death metal or? No, like, what, like, no. What no. And in fact, listening to it last year at his prompting made me realize that my memories of it were just not accurate. But it, we we saw them on that tour yeah. and or we saw them previously and it was, you know, they get kind of rocking, but it was kind of a chill audience who was there and they were sort of respecting the musicianship and people were real excited to be there. And this, this is another ageist thing. Yeah. The crowd, the crowd was like over 30, but by the time we saw them for the incident, it was a really young crowd. And there was, I always tell Very, Craig, all these people, you know, pumping their fists in the air and like, it just was more aggro. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And, um, and part of the problem was also, I think they did the incident in its entirety. First ah. thing they came out and did the entire album. Yes, they and did. So for you know, we're we're those at that point in time, we're, we're the old fans that have been there for 10 years that know more of the old stuff than the new stuff. So the incident is actually a pretty solid record, having heard it this year. Just all these things built up in my memory to make me think that it, it wasn't as good as some of their other stuff. But I don't think that's true. That's true. No, that, that 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 can happen like i've noticed like if there, there if there, if an album has come out in a time in my life where like something distressing was going on and i might accidentally like tar it and feather it like with a brush mm -hmm. like, uh, that's not as good as it, i think it i think it is and then i come back to it at another point like oh that's not so bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah that happened that has happened to me occasionally too it's always a shame yeah. somebody somewhere worked for a year on a collection of songs that just is ill-timed with your personal life and as a result you just dismiss it i feel bad for the musicians yeah but i've done i've done it myself i think as long as you come back around it's okay <laughs> as, long, <laughs> yep. as long as you give another chance at a later date right that's a good pick that that would definitely be in my top 15 if not at least my top 20 uh so my next pick uh was a big 
a band I discovered this year. I kind of started checking out on a whim because I'd already always loved their one big hit in the U.S. And uh, I I dipped my toes into the world of new wave and synth pop this year, partially because of doing the Culture Club episode and then checking out your guys' podcast more. And just also like, I'm, I'm always curious, like I love going to shows and I saw this band was coming to town and they were playing their first album in its entirety. And I knew a few of their songs. So I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to check them out. And I bought their best of it. I bought their new release, Soft Cell, Happiness Not Included. Nostalgia machine, nostalgia machine Like a silver machine, an electronic dream Gotta get it going to the speed of light Makes you feel satisfied and a warm inside Like a motorbike that feels between your thighs A nostalgia machine their first album in 20 years and uh it's pretty cool it's pretty good uh mark's lyrics have always been a bit on the dark side but this Mm -hmm. time he seems to be kind of going it's a bit of a broader scope he's looking at the whole world instead of like these like seedy characters at a nightclub or like the like the sad story of like this singer in in a club who's like addicted to drugs like it's more of a world view it's more apocalyptic in a way but it's still a fun listen like it has that classic soft cell sound with a little bit of a modern edge dave ball doing the synth work did some really cool stuff and i love i love mark's voice he's i've become such a fan of his singing he's very expressive he has such a rich and deep tone so yeah i really enjoy just hearing him sing it's great uh so yeah this album was i don't know kind of it it stuck with me really really strongly i know that some fans are kind of mixed on it but i thought it was really good Uh, my highlights are like happy 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 Polaroid is fun. I like Purple Zone, that song with the Pet Shop Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Heart Like Chernobyl was great. Uh, I'm No Friend of God. And the one I picked, uh, Nostalgia Machine, just a lot of fun. So, yeah, this this was something I played a lot this year. And seeing them live was a lot of fun, too. Um, it was just, I didn't know what to expect going into that show. I mostly go to rock concerts. So to go to a show where there were no guitars, it, it was a trip. But I had an absolute <laughs> blast. I had a lot of fun that night. And just a fun story from the show. They played like three songs from this album. And of course, I've been listening to it in preparation. So I knew all the words. And I was singing along to the songs. And there was an intermission between the first set and the second set. And the second set, they played their whole first album. Um, and the guy next to me tasked me after the end of the first set. And he goes, hey, those there were three songs I didn't know. And you seem to know them. Do they have a new album out? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's called Happiness Not Included. You should check it out. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Was he an old guy like me? Yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Really dig this one. I think I sent you guys nostalgia machine. What'd you think? Oh yeah, yeah, that was great. It's a 
really awesome, catchy dance song. And I really like the sound because it's, it's kind of that mix between old and new, you know, it, like I hear, I definitely hear reverberations of the eighties there, but it's not so steeped in the past that I, you know, it sounds like there's some new twist to the sounds that he uses and the, the, uh, the music that's in there. So I'm, I'm, a, I was a big fan. I wish all music sounded like this song. <laughs> I would be happy if this, this was the sound of music from this day on. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm also, I'm not sure if you had, if you had put this on for me and just said like, here's a song, tell me who this is. I'm not sure I would have recognized that as Mark Almond. His, his voice sounds yeah. noticeably different to me. I don't think it sounds weaker. I don't think he sounds bad. I just think he it, sounds different. I agree. I, I was like, wow, this is Mark. I, I think I asked you at one point when we were listening to him, like this, this is Mark Almond, right? So you're like, yeah, because it doesn't sound like the Mark Almond I'm used to hearing. And and that's not a bad thing. I, I kind of like what, where his voice is going or so do I. whatever they're doing to it or, you know, whatever's happened to it. I, I like it. I like it. I think I might like it better. I took a note that I do like it better. That, okay. that I, I have the soft sales greatest hits. And I have never really explored much further than that. I think at one point in time, I bought the cassette of This Last Night in Sodom. And <laughs> that's where I was, I've been told by a couple of people that was not the best place to start. And that must be true because I never went any further than that. But um, and I've always sort of thought that that his voice was part of the reason why I didn't fully embrace him. I th like the greatest hits listening to the whole thing the whole way through. It kind of gets to me after a while but the way he sounds here i loved his voice very smooth very mature um yeah i, I dug that one a lot yeah that last night in sodom album that it's a it's a dark listen lyrically like the band was in a really dark place and just man even the production is kind of wacky on some songs like track to track it can it varies and then there, some songs are like he's Mark's really into torch ballads and stuff like that. So like he'll do, he does like a six minute song about this, like the tragedy of this like singer at a bar who's like, you know, like she's like a bar fly and, and all this stuff. And it's, it, it goes on and on and on. So it can be a little dirty. So that, that I could see how that could put you off. Yeah. That's been, I think my problem with some of the music I've heard from them, other than the, you know, the biggest hits, I think a lot of times the songs just seem too long for me. Uh, they're just like, okay, all right. But this one, um, this one was great. So if they were all, if they're all like that, the similar length and they don't go on and on, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm going to, I want to check that out. Nice. Yeah. I, I think you guys would enjoy the new album. And uh, if you guys are really curious, like I mentioned before, they're doing a reissue campaign. So the, the first three and the EP will be reissued this year. Oh which... yeah. I, I do want to check that out. Which is kind of funny because I spent a lot of money on eBay last year building the collection. Oh, oh no. <laughs> mm, so. Bad timing. Indeed, indeed. But um, if 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 you have become recently a dead or alive fan, which I know you have, um, I was sort of wondering if this song was the one that was the Pet Shop Boys. I couldn't that was with the Pet Shop Boys. I couldn't remember which song it was in particular because this song sort of reminds me of a track that the Pet Shop Boys did with Pete Burns from Dead or Alive called Jack and Jill party. If you ever have time, search that on, on search that down on YouTube and check it out. I sort of get the same kind of vibe from that track. And, um, I did want to say one more thing about it. I was listening to this and I was really digging it. And I was like, man, this is a really great song. The kind of music I like, but I'm surprised. It really seems that 
that Mark Allman has kind of mellowed out with age. This is not the Mark Allman, the lyrics that I've come to expect from him. And then about 20 seconds after thinking that, he started singing about a vibrator. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. there's 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 Mark. <laughs> uh, so, and yeah. of course, of course, I rated this song top shelf as well. Nice. Very cool. Was one thing, what was the, I was going to say one more thing. I think, oh, yeah, uh, that, that Pet Shop Boys collaboration. Thank you for mentioning that because uh, Pete mentioned it in his book, but he didn't mention the name of the song. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah Jack no, and Joe Party. Right, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Very cool. All right. What you guys got for number eight? Number eight. Okay. Yeah, this, is, this one is me. I'm going to talk about this. And this is one we were both pretty excited about because it's the first new music from this band since 2012. So 10 years we've been waiting and it was the men without hats album called again, part two. If the world should end today, Again, part one was released uh, previously, and that was all covers, <laughs> uh, kind of reimaginings of, of songs, including one of their own, which was which was pretty cool. But then uh, they came out with this new album called Again, Part Two, and it's featuring all new music. And the, the song that we sent over to you to listen to was called If the World Should End Today. And I think that's one of the highlights of the album. I think that's a really great song. And yeah. So that's our, that's number eight. That's a great pick. Uh, yeah, I have this one and I dig it. Men Without Hats were another band I kind of started digging into this year. Thank you, Brian, for suggesting I check out Pop Goes the World. You're very um, welcome. Yes. Uh, I would just like to say before I talk about the new album, um, if you consider yourself like a, like a music fan, like a, like a serious music fan, go check out Pop Goes the World. Like I, you might have this idea in your head because they're the one hit wonder that had safety dance Pop Goes the World is one of the best albums of the 80s. Hands down. I love that. Agreed. Album. Wow. I love that you say that because <laughs> it's so nice to hear that other people appreciate it. It's, it is just, it's really, I don't know if masterpiece is the right word, but it's it's really, there's it's flawless. I love every song on it. Yeah. it. My jaw was on the floor when, when the first time I heard it. I was just like, I figured I'd like it, but like, this is like, it should be like on like those like, it should be like a mainstay on those lists that people make, you know, best albums of the eighties. And there's like always purple rain and mm -hmm. you know, whatnot. And like 
Def Leppard Hysteria. Like it should be up there with that. Like it's such a good album. Yeah, and that is that's actually part of my problem with this new album. I was really happy that Man Without Hats is back. I love a lot of these songs. It's a little bit too long, in my opinion. Again, part two is a little bit too long. Um, but it actually didn't make my top 10. This is on our top 10 on the strength of Sarah ranking it so high on hers. And I, I love Men Without Hats. But this, the sound that, you know, this is Men Without Hats producing Men Without Hats. And I shouldn't be doing this, but I, I still compare them to the sound of Pop Goes the World, which is is produced by Zeus Be Held. Um, but the, the production on that is so expansive and so rich sounding and it's so different to this record. I mean, it's so different to rhythm of youth rhythm of youth is, you know, sounds not unlike speaking spell Depeche Mode or Erasure Wonderland. It's a very simplistic album. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's unfair for me to compare everything to pop goes the world. But like you just said, Alex, it's such a huge eighties album and I hold it up so highly. Is that right? I hold it up so high highly yep. that uh i can't help but compare it so i'm glad melvin hats are back and there are a lot of great songs in here but when we interviewed ivan the last year or the year before oh. he told me the album that this was most going to sound like was pop goes the world so i was all in <laughs> i had this idea of what it was going to sound like and uh didn't quite live up to that so i, I think that made me feel a little let down but generally you know i still i still love Man without hats this is in my top 15 for the year yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was good, but I will agree with you. It is a bit long. Uh, I, I like I like a good tight album, like 38 to 40 minutes. So, but yeah, I love If the World Should End Today. Human Race is a cool tune. I like, I think my favorite is When Does the Love Begin? That's my favorite on here. So yeah, very good choice. Glad this one made it onto your list. Uh, I just, I didn't get to spend much time with this one, honestly. I liked Pop Goes the World so much that I bought this really quickly after I start, fell in love with Pop Goes the World, but it sat in my CD drawer I have for synth pop over there in uh -huh. the plastic for like a really long time. And then it was December and I was like, I should probably listen to this thing. <laughs> finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. So good choice. Cool. Awesome. So I'm going to go next uh, newer artist on my list. This is his third album. Uh, let me get my notes up. Uh, I was really excited for this one. Uh, Young Blood self titled. I can't leave my bed, but I can't sleep. I got no clean clothes and I can't eat. And I smoke too much till I can't breathe. I'm emotional, I'll always be. And I hate myself, but that's alright. And I love myself, but that's alright. And I tell myself that it's alright. That I dream about the day I die. To my surprise, there's no one to blame. Nobody came. What a shame, shame, shame. album this one had to grow on me a bit it's a lot less punky and in your face than the first two albums uh, this one's a little more mellow and it kind of like reminds me of the smiths 
and the cure a little bit but eventually i realized these songs are so strong like it doesn't matter that it's not as heavy or punky as the first two it's these these tracks hold their own um he's really like open lyrically he talks about topics like sexuality depression mental health and i love his openness to talk about that stuff and i love it i like his voice it's kind of he's got a very strong yorkshire accent in his singing voice but it sounds really cool um, and i love that he blended the sound of the smiths and 80s cure and pop punk to make this album uh, my highlights are I like the funeral cruel kids is a cool song sweet heroine's a great ballad uh, don't feel like feeling sad today it's a really fun song and the boy in the black dress so yeah i highly encourage people to check this one out if you want something a little different something a little newer but yeah young blood self-titled what do you guys think all right i'm funeral? gonna expect I'm going to expose myself as the old man that I am once again by saying, man, if, if this is less rocky and less punky than the other two, I don't know if I could even get through those other two because this, <laughs> I was listening to this and I was like, wow, this is so aggressive compared to what I listened to. You know what? I said, Sarah, you know what? He, he being young blood, he doesn't even want me to like this song because I'm too old for him. Like he, he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't care if I like this. He doesn't want me to like it. Um, so I was a little taken back by the the aggressive punky nature of the song to hear you say that it's it's not as as the previous two shocks me. That's funny. I don't I don't get it being aggressive. I I mean, I don't know. I thought I thought it was catchy and peppy and it's full of energy. It's full of life, you know, which is funny because it's a song called The Funeral. But I, I really I liked it and I don't care if I'm too old to like it because <laughs> I think it's really fun sounding. I, I like his lyrics and um, I especially like the fact that he says dancing with tears in your eyes. I thought, oh, this is a guy who knows the 80s and likes the 80s. And of course, you can tell that in, in the music, too. You can hear, you know, he's he's channeling some of the 80s artists. And I, I really appreciated that. I, I think this is a, a good song. I would be willing to give this album a try. I think I could I can I could get through it. I'm you, strong enough. It doesn't bother you that he in the second verse he ends three lines in a row with the word all right. No, no, that's not, no, it's, because didn't you criticize Andy Bell's lyrics on uh but you, on the EP for being repetitive he was like repeating that? himself over and over again. No, what he was doing here was he was changing like what things were all right. Yeah. And it just like kept kind of building and expanding on that. It mm -hmm. was it was kind of like a poem, you know. I, I appreciated the way he he was repeating the things that were all right. I, I thought it was kind of cool. That's creepy. Now, I seem like I'm anti-Youngblood. Yeah. Um, in truth, <laughs> I, I did write, uh, this chorus is really catchy. The music may not be my style. Um, and his vocal may be a bit too aggressive for me, but that is a killer chorus on, or killer melody on the chorus. It's stuck in my head after hearing it the, the first couple of times. I found myself humming it yeah. during the day. Very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. So yeah, great record. Uh, yeah, really shimmery. I think you guys would enjoy it, Sarah. Like, I you you seem like you'd really enjoy it. the shimmery guitars and stuff like that. It feels very Smiths and The Cure to me. So, and yeah. you you told us that he is Peter Hook's nephew. Is that yep. what you said? Yep, Peter Hook's nephew. Hmm. Very cool. I like that. Yep. I gave and him a that's good. That's good. So that got so this one got the middle rating. Okay, I was afraid. Yeah, I was afraid this was this what might be the one that gets the lowest rating. Oh, so no, no, nope. no, no, not yet. <laughs> We're not there yet. I, I have a theory as to as to two it could be. So we'll see uh -huh. if I'm right right when the time comes along. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, what you got for number number seven? All right, number seven, more guitars. <laughs> yeah, yes. how did how did this end up on our list? Guitars. Yeah, it's got a lot of guitars on it. <laughs> yeah, but it is Collective Souls album, vibrating. surprise wasn't it you know the last they did it's not like they haven't released anything for a while they released something in 2019 it was one of the last bands we saw before the pandemic and uh, had a really good time at that concert and got to see them again this past summer and i think i don't think the album had come out yet or or had to come out i don't i think it was gonna come out yeah, when we I believe you're right. It was, it was not out yet. a little bit before. It yeah, they the, but they played a few tracks from it. And we're like, oh yeah, this is cool, and um, I think we were both pleasantly surprised by how much we like this album. Not because we, you know, don't like Co- Collective Soul because we've been fans from from the beginning, but um, I think I think the last album just didn't hit us the same way as this one did, and we were really really happy with what we heard on this and especially the song that we sent over to you to listen to all your, all our pieces, just a great, great song. So yeah, this is our number, our number seven choice. That song might've finally locked me in for going deeper with this band. I have their greatest hits and I, and I enjoy it, but I've never like really dove any deeper than, than that. But I have a lot of friends that like them, you guys included. And like, I was thinking about checking out this album this year and I never, never got around to it. So like that, hearing that song you guys sent me, that made me add it to, I'm going to Amoeba Records in a couple of weeks. I added it to my musical shopping list. So I'm going to try and pick up a copy when I'm in Hollywood. So, yeah, oh, that's cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Collective Soul is a weird band for me to love because I actually loved them back in the nineties. Yeah. I just mentioned before that I was trying to escape the music of the nineties and all that grungy guitar. And in truth, I did hate the song Shine at the time because it was on the radio all the time. You could seriously switch your state, listen to Shine on one station, switch to another top 40 or rock station. You'd hear it from the beginning again. You could do that the whole way wherever you were driving. <laughs> you could hear that one song. It was so overplayed. But I worked at a record shop and we we would play the album. And every other song I thought was great. I kept telling Sarah, like, this band is really good. It's just that this song is annoying. And now that, you know, it's 25 years later or 30 years later. Shine is a really fun song, especially in concert, because everybody loves to throw their fist in the air and go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. it is. It's fun. Yeah. So um, and that is such a fun guy, like on stage. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. When you see him performing, he's he's just he's just a cool dude, you know, very 
it's like very kind of surfer guy. <laughs> yeah. Even though he's from, from from Georgia. I don't know. I just get this very surfer vibe from Spicoli. him. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. He's like Spicoli. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's they're really fun. And I think they're obviously very talented too. And it's great to see that they're still putting out new music and, and good music too. And one of the best things I ever saw in concert was that 2019 show that you just mentioned, Sarah. Yeah. If you recall, at one point, like in the middle of the show, he actually lectured the audience on how talented Tommy Shaw is. Oh, that's oh. right. Yep. Because Tommy Shaw appeared on a song called Porch Swing on that album, and he they were going to do that song, but Tommy wasn't there. But he, he wanted to tell people, hey, Tommy Shaw from Sticks was on this yeah. song. And then he just he seriously did lecture us about how good uh -huh. he is. Yeah. And you lit up at that. You were just like, I was like, wait, is Tommy here? Is Tommy yeah, Shaw yeah. here? Like, he didn't show up. He didn't show up. He but... got plenty of accolades. Mm hmm. So I'm glad you dig it there. I know that some rock guys don't like them because they're not rock enough. And some pop fans don't like them because they're not pop enough. They kind of straddle that line, but I've enjoyed them for the entire time they've been around. I think part of my issue is I, I kind of have this bias against the nineties because I grew up in a house where I listened to a lot of classic rock and my parents kind of record collections kind of stopped when hair metal died out. <laughs> so, gotcha. so anything that happened after that, like Allison Chains or even even like I've heard Shine at that point. Like it all kind of bush, it all kind of blended together. So I was kind of like, uh for a long time. But eventually I did end up with their greatest hits and I enjoyed that. So I, I definitely need to give them a deeper look because I I, I have a bias playing against them and I, that I need to remove. And that song is fan freaking tastic. Those lyrics were incredible. Yeah, very cool song. And if you're gonna go uh when you record shop, if you're gonna go try to get into like into them a little deeper, I would highly recommend the album called Dosage, which has this woman with like bees coming out of her mouth on the cover. That's probably my favorite. Nice. Awesome. All right. So next I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little staying in the punk realm, kind of uh, Michael Monroe. I live too fast to die young. vocalist um i checked this one out completely on a whim i knew who he was for a long time i knew who hannah, hannah rocks were because of their their history in the 80s with motley crew but i never heard any of this guy's music and i saw this album was coming out and i liked the cover i liked the name of the album i live too fast to die young i'm like hey let me give it a try like you know what could it hurt and i was pretty blown away it's a nice blend of punk hard rock and glam oozes a lot of sleaze it's got rock and roll attitude I love this one so much. Michael's very charismatic in his singing and he's got this like kick and band behind him. It's just as rock and roll as it gets. Uh, my highlights, I love Murder in the Summer of Love, Young Drunks and Old Alcoholics, Everybody's Nobody, Pagan Prayer, the title track. This one, just a lot of fun. Just a straight up 38 minute, just banger of an album. Yeah, 
great melodic sleazy rock and roll. Michael Monroe, I Live Too Fast to Die Young. <laughs> oh boy, his band again? Hanoi Rocks. Okay, I've actually seen that band mentioned over the years. I I didn't know anything about them. I I never heard any of their songs, but I would all, often see them mentioned as like influ an influential band of that era. Yeah, and yeah. I was just I'm totally unfamiliar with them. So my first question on my notes here was to ask you who. I was like, he must be from something, mm -hmm. and I'm yeah. just not picking up on it. I didn't, I didn't want to cheat in Google. I wanted to ask you, <laughs> but yeah, now you yeah. got the answer. Yeah, what what do you guys think of? Uh, I don't even remember which one I sent you. Was it a uh, pagan, pagan prayer? Pagan, pagan prayer, prayer, that one. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I feel that bottom shelf rating coming. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh... My my notes for this are well based on this one song. I don't think this is my style. I don't think <laughs> I could listen to an entire album of this. I will say though, it is a lot more melodic than I might have expected. When you hear those guitars, um, and you hear that kind of really fast paced, you think, oh, it's just going to be a guy, you know, screaming and yelling and you know, just like a lot of noise. But there's a lot more melody here in the music and in the singing than I expected. And I did appreciate that, you know, that, that got me through the song a lot better than it would have, if, you know, if it was just, rah. so, so I'll give them credit for that. You know, they do have a you know melody line and the guitar is very, very intricate and, and really interesting to listen to, but I don't think I could listen to all of that over and over again for like 10 songs. It's just, <laughs> it's just not me. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Now, part of the reason I didn't really enjoy this comes from an issue that my brain seems to have with percussion. This happens to be a lot. If there's, I don't, I don't really know musical terms, but I'm gonna try to describe this. So, to me, what is happening here is the drummer is just hitting the same drum every beat in the four-four measure, like it's just one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, like a very steady onslaught of percussion. And when there's no variation in drums like that, within 30 seconds, my brain completely loses the ability to follow. It seems to not be in time to me anymore. And the same thing happened to me. We we mentioned uh, before we get on here, we were talking about the Bruce Springsteen album from this year. Track number four on there is a song called Do I Love You? Indeed I Do. And the same exact thing happens to me on that song. So it's not because this is a a punkish heavy metal song or what hard rock song. I just, I, my brain can't grasp this kind of percussion. Um, so that gave me a little bit of a, an issue with it. And I wasn't a huge fan of his singing, but I, I, I did want to know like, and you sort of just summed this up, but the things you like about it, but what is, what would you say is the, the one thing, if you had to pick the, the, the thing about this song that you like the best, what is it that sings that, that speaks to you about this song? Hmm. I think this is the one. This is the one where he was talk, kind of talking about. I don't know. I got to look at the lyrics because there, there was something in this song that maybe just go, yeah, that that one. Uh, hang on. Yeah, yeah. Just there's some great lines in this one. Heaven holds no fascination. You crack a sinner's smile for faith. It takes imagination, but you got you get heathen style. I mean, come on, like I'm, I'm a lyric guy, so like stuff like that, you know, <laughs> that uh -huh. just catches my ear, and I'm just. Sometimes I'm just a sucker for like a just a straight up rock and roller like and that's kind of what this album is. So that, that that's what I love about about that one. Like I love it. I love the wordplay. I think there's even a line about the vaccine in the in the song. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I forget I forget what it is, but like I actually read that if you have it right there, can you read that to me cuz if yeah, I was yeah. understanding it, I I was a little confused by it. 
your neighbors get no vaccinations believe the earth is flat you get it oh okay you get an eternal vacation if you believe in that oh like like, like that was the line i was looking for oh yeah okay i thought he said your neighbors get their vaccination and believe the world is flat and i was like that doesn't job that doesn't sound right to me if i'm gonna stereotype people that doesn't make sense so (laughs) okay so yeah yeah that tracks it does yeah no i did from when i when i could understand the lyrics because i was didn't hear it like a lot of times and didn't have it in front of me but i did appreciate some of the cleverness of the lyrics as well yep yeah the the lyrics are written by one of the guitarists actually on, on on this album so i found that interesting that he's not really the lyricist in his own music, even though he's the front man, which is something that always fascinates me. Like to kind of reference Motley Crue again, it always surprised me. Nikki Six wrote all the lyrics, and Vince was just kind of, you know, the guy that projected them. You know, Meatloaf is another one that fascinates me. Like he doesn't write his own songs. He had Jim Steinman to carry his words. So stuff right. like that is always interesting to me. Yeah, I think did, Meatloaf did write a couple songs, like in the those lost years when he wasn't with. Oh, didn't he oh, write some stuff on Blind Before I Stop? Uh, Midnight at the Lost and Found. He wrote some stuff. Okay. I don't think he wrote anything on Blind before I stop, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, which sidebar? I love that album. <laughs> uh, I, I know that's not a popular thing to say, but I love Blind before I stop. I love uh, the song Rock and Roll Mercenaries. I think oh, that song is awesome. He does love that song. I can tell you, he has sung that around the house. <laughs> Money is power, and power is power fame. is fame. Yep. <laughs> yep. Good stuff, man. That was a fun sidebar. Uh, I think you guys are up next with your number six. Yes, that's right. We're up for uh, up to number six, and it's me again to introduce this album. And this is one. This is an artist we've loved for for many many years, and have gotten to see live quite a few times, and enjoyed it every time. Got to see this this uh, album live this summer, which was a, a real treat. And it's Howard Jones, and the album is Dialogue. companion to his 2019 release which was called transform and i think there's a trilogy isn't there yep there's going to be a third one called global citizen yeah so that one is the next one coming out but now we've got two out of out of the three and i'll tell you what so far they're both really good um really like this one and the song we sent for you to to listen to was one of the best ones i think called celebrate it together and it's just talk about an uplifting song and just full of joy full of hope and optimism and 
that was the goal when he wrote that song. He said he wanted to to try to write a song that was even more optimistic than things can only get better, which is, you know, <laughs> really, really good song. And I think it got people through the pandemic pretty well. And that was his goal to write a song even more hopeful than that. And I believe he achieved it. I really do. Nice. Yeah. This was another one that was strong contender for my top 10, but just missed out. Um, I discovered Howard Jones this year because of John Lamoureux's podcast. And he was posting about being excited to review Howard Jones, interview Howard Jones. And I was kind of confused because Howard Jones to me is a, heavy metal singer of the, oh. of, of the band kill switch engage and that just kind of seemed outside of john's oh wow wheelhouse so i i i was like i gotta do some googling because that just doesn't sound right and i <laughs> i found out who he was and i and after i found out who he was i happened to be at a, a used rec ucd store and there was a copy of uh dream into action there and i was like oh, let me give that a try you know just out of curiosity and i really enjoyed that album so i started I, I basically built out his Electra albums and I have some of his more recent ones, including this one. Uh, this record is great. It's like you said, it's very positive. It's very catchy, uplifting songs celebrated together. That's, that's a strong contender for favorite song on the album. I also love, uh, I like be the hero a lot. Me too. I like, I like formed by stars. Uh, I believe in you is cool. It's kind of a funky song. And yeah, uh, yeah. Howard Jones is just great. I love, he, he radiates positivity um, and he's just totally unashamed about it. I, I, I love that he's just totally himself. And I kind of wish I could have gone to see him this summer, but it didn't quite line, line up. So I'm hoping to catch him the next time around. But I, I look forward to Global Citizen. And I look forward to checking out more of his albums because I know there's he put out some stuff in the 90s and early 2000s I haven't heard yet. So yeah, really, really dig this one. This was a, gr a great choice. If I, if I have any issue with it, it's I feel like his voice sometimes had effects on, on it which I don't think he needs. He's such a good singer. He's got a great voice. Um, I kind of just wish he had a rock, bit of a rawer vocal production on some songs, but that's just, just a nitpick on my, on my part. It doesn't detract from the album. It's still really good. It's just, I like his voice a lot and I wanted to kind of hear it more bare bones like it is on hide and seek. Right. When you got uh, things can, or um, dream into action at that you shop, uh, did you know a couple of songs on it already um, and maybe didn't know that you knew them? Nope. I had, I hadn't heard any of them. It was just oh, a total, okay. total blind listen. Okay. Cause things can only get better is, was pretty huge. And, Oh yeah. And it wasn't that Life in stranger things or something like that. Like season uh, three or something. Probably maybe. So, okay. So I thought maybe you would have known that one. Um, yeah. I like, I like that you used the word funky to, to describe this album because that's something that I've been noticing in the past couple CDs from Howard is, um, he's adding sort of, I don't know if it's because he has that guitarist with him, um, but he's adding this funky sound to his music. And it kind of reminds me of the band Chromio at times, yes. if, if you're familiar with them yes. at all. I, I hear a similar, similar sound. And the good thing about, even though it's sad that you missed him on tour, the good thing is he seems to tour like a, like a lunatic. He's always touring. <laughs> um, so hopefully you'll get a chance to see him again this year. Yeah. I get the feeling him and Midge will be back or him and someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he never disappears for long. No, he even doesn't. during the pandemic when people couldn't tour, he did like a live, yeah, um, tour he, that he, you could get tickets for and right. watch on your TV. Yeah, it was like one of those concerts. He just performed to like an empty room on stage and uh, performed piano songs, and it was really nice. We we bought tickets for that, watched it online, and and it was lovely because you're right, he has a, a nice voice on its own, and just him and a piano—that's all you need. Uh, it 
it was really really good very cool yeah uh a dream show for me right now i'm kind of trying to manifest like shows i want to see this year a dream show would uh-huh. be like a like a three-band lineup of like him human league and men without hats like that would be like oh. <laughs> that would be perfect like three days before we got married back in 1998 we went to a show that was howard jones the human league and culture club Ooh, very nice yeah that was excellent yeah nice uh, I, I actually went to a show three days before I got married too. It was Savoy Brown. Oh, okay. Yep. That's cool. Blues band. So, yep. Yep. nice. Yep. yep. Uh, my number six. Uh, this is one I know Brian was pretty excited about when, because <laughs> when he heard the song I sent you guys, he's like, "I need this album." So, Zadra. <laughs> wanted to resist i wanted to resist i talked over the name of the album i wanted to resist uh talking to you about any of these songs but i was so pumped by this song i had to send you a message and ask you a couple questions and then let you know that i loved it yeah but i I, I did i did interrupt the the name of the band so please say it again uh the the album the artist is zadra and the album is called guiding star uh it's the debut solo album from august zadra which you you may know him from playing in dennis DeYoung's band he's the tommy shaw of Dennis Young's band, and he is uh, just an absolutely great songwriter. The album is right in my sweet spot. One of my favorite sounds is uh, melodic rock, all of the late eighty, late seventies, early eighties, like in the vein of Sticks and Ario Speedwagon and Loverboy and Survivor and Triumph. And this this falls right into that category. It's it's just soaring guitars, soaring vocals. Uh, Jeff Scott Soto sings a lot of backing vocals on the album. Oh, he's oh. so good. Yeah, co-writes a few songs, and just uh, it's just everything. Like if you like that sound, it it it's all in here. And Jeff Scott Soto's really good vocal foil for him, I think. And Dennis DeYoung even makes an incredible appearance on the album, playing the synth solo on the song uh, "Take My Hand," which his that his synth solo kind of reminds me of Crystal Ball. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, this this album is perfect for me. Um, I'm happy for him and I'm happy I got to interview him about this album earlier this year. Um, yeah, I highly recommend checking this one out to the listeners out there. My highlights are Ship of Fools, Come Back to Me, Escape the Rain, Take My Hand, Dream of You, and Rise from the Fire. I'm going to have to download that episode where you, you talked to him. I didn't know that was a that was a thing. I subscribed to your podcast, but I'm far behind, unfortunately. So I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, move that one up in your list. Yeah. That Dennis, you're right about that Dennis DeYoung solo, man. It sounds like it was ripped right from like somewhere between Equinox and Grand Illusion, like that that peak time for sticks. So good. Yeah. And Dennis can do, man. People say Dennis is, you know, like a ballad singer and stuff. He can when he wants to 
to rock, he can still rock. If he wants to do some prog, he can still do prog. One, what was the album? One hundred years from now, there's a song oh, yeah. in there called Rain. Yep. That that is just proggy and awesome. His during the pandemic, during the lockdown, he, or he had two two solo albums that are both awesome. I love that cat, and I love Jeff Scott Soto. We yeah yeah we knew him from the Queen Extravaganza like 15 years ago. We saw him perform with them and thought he was great. And then last year we saw him at Stone Turtle Concerts, Eric Miller's house concert series with Jason Beeler. And he was amazing. He killed it. It was so good. And and it was just a delightful show. The two of them together were great. And I agree, Alex, he, he does provide a very good vocal foil on this, on this album. And it really was a delight to hear him on this song, just belting out those powerful vocals, even in the background. I feel like if you wanted to do a fake version of Sticks, because you said that that you know this guy is, is the Tommy Shaw and Dennis DeYoung's band, I feel like Jeff Scott Soto here in this song is sort of like the JY. His voice is not Ooh. unlike James Young. I could see that. Yeah, it's like very big and bold. Yeah, yeah, I I got that. Yeah. So com- in keeping with the Sticks comparisons, I as I listen to this song, I'm like this this has a vibe. This has a something that seems familiar to me, and I've think that it reminds me it has elements that remind me of sweet madam blue mm, i could see that it's, i could definitely see that yeah it's not quite as different in the different sections but it does it does have sections to it that they're a little bit you know they kind of move through and there's just some guitar sections that just it just reminds me of that that song and it's it's wonderful i had a chuckle at myself though because when we were going through the playlist that you sent this doesn't have a video. It was just like the album cover, the artwork on the, yeah. the video. And as soon as I saw the picture, I said to Sarah, like, oh, I know exactly what this is going to sound like. Because um, for, <laughs> for a while in the in the early 2000s, I was I was friend. Well, I'm still friends with him. But um, my friend Scott used to really influence my musical taste. And he was into all these like Magna Carta artists like uh, Enchant and Threshold oh, and all okay, these yeah. these foreign metal acts. And the album artwork for this totally put me in the mind of that. So I thought this was going to be some Swedish um, hard rock band or something like that. <laughs> and uh, it started though. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And then I thought I heard Jeff Scott Soto. So that's why I had a message. Of, and then you gave me the news about Dennis, which yeah, blew he, my mind. He flipped out. <laughs> so as I was freaking out, I said, I've got to rank this song. I have a scale of three, three rankings. It's not even, I'm going to rank on weight. Did this song just change my life? <laughs> that's what this one gets. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that that's absolutely my favorite song on the album. Just, I I I love now that I get certain like advances of albums. It's so one of the perks of podcasting. And when I heard that the first time, I was just like, ah, <laughs> like damn, like just yeah, mind blown. It's so cool. It's and amazing. That, yeah, and that interview was a lot of fun. Uh, August was very giving with his time with me, and we talked about the whole album. And uh, yeah, we've seen him a couple times with Dennis, and we're always impressed by his performance. He's such a good performer. Yeah. I mean, he does a great job as Tommy Shaw, but you can tell, even before I knew the song, you could tell he's a he's a an awesome musician himself. And if he was doing a song that you know that isn't Renegade, I would still probably be blown away. So this is great to have this song prove me right in that thought. I'm going to pick this one up. Awesome. Let me know what you think. Uh, Will what do. You, what you got for number five? Number five, I have a feeling that's back to me. It's back to you. Yes. Yeah, so this is a band. Oh, man, I love this band. This is a band. Here's another one that shows how old I am, but this is a vital album. I think it sounds fantastic. This is The Fix. Every Five Seconds is the name of the album. 
songs in here that sound like what you think they're going to sound like they sound like the fix i sent you one called closer and that sounds exactly like like the fix but then there are things that are heavily bowie influenced and then there are things that are unlike anything you've heard from the fix and the thing about this album is it's definitely one of those albums that you have to like grow on you when i first heard it i was just like oh uh that was fine i guess and I would play it during the day whenever I was working from home. I just put it on once a day. And by the end of the week, after hearing it five times, I thought it was fantastic. And I still do. I like every song on this record, but none of them grab you instantly, I don't think. And so maybe that's a problem. But uh, you know, if you're patient with it, I think this really re- rewards you. So it's um, once again, it's it's the fix. And the album is called Every Five Seconds. I think you hit the nail on the forehead right there with me, with me on this one. So... Um... I got this as a new release. I have the uh, I have the like the fixed greatest hits album, and I have reached the beach. And uh, I got this, and I listened to it a few times, and like you said, it's fine. Um, I listened to it while I was working, and eventually I was just kind of like, well, it's a fixed album, and I put it in the drawer, and I didn't think about it until you picked it, and I was like, oh, let me give it another listen. And the day I was going to give it a listen, um, my wife ended up home, staying home with a migraine, so that meant I had to listen to music with headphones on. So. Hmm listening to it with headphones completely different experience i really gained an appreciation for the lyrics and psychiran as a singer on this one is just fantastic like closer is a great song um i like suspended and make believe i think that's my favorite uh lonely as a lighthouse is great woman of flesh and blood like there's some this is an album that you got to live with you got to listen to a lot but when it grabs you finally it's a it's a rewarding thing so yeah i agree 100 percent with you on this one it didn't make my list but i was glad that you picked it because i ended up rediscovering it so yeah great choice oh that's good yeah yeah i like this one too i was i think i was almost surprised at how much i i did enjoy it because you know it's like oh this band's been around a long time what 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 more can they do but um they they've still got it and yeah, I, I would like to see them on tour again too and you know play some of these new songs because I think they'd fit right in with the rest of their catalog. They were they were in San Diego not long ago. Um I forget why I couldn't go, but I, I did seriously consider going to see them. It was them with Slim Jim Phantom with the Stray Cats opening the show, which I thought was an interesting uh hmm. pairing. But, yeah. Last time we saw him, the opening act was I forget his name, but he was the lead singer of Space Hog. And he was he was very good. 
made me remember how much I love that song in the meantime. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a great song. I'm I'm curious. Do you, do you guys, have you guys ever done a fix episode? I did one very, very early on. Yeah. I think it's like in the first 10 episodes, but Sarah was away and I, I recorded it with my friend Colby. So we covered the album Phantoms because that was his favorite. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. They're definitely a band I want to check more stuff out from like outside the hits and Reach the Beach obviously is a classic album. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's celebrating an anniversary this year. I think it'll be 40. Wow. Yeah. 40th anniversary tour. Play the album in its entirety. Come on. Yeah, there you go. Die if you're listening. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. So my number five, I'm going to go with uh, The Interrupters, Into the Wild. No matter how far I run, I always end up back here. No matter how far I go, I always end up back here. Fallout Boy and Green Day. Um, and they were the show was at a stadium. And they're the opening act for this show with like three of the biggest bands kind of from my era of music. So they had a lot to uh I don't know, they, they were go I think they were coming into a very big situation, but they came out and just absolutely owned it and they were incredible and they were very engaging. I thought the lead singer Amy Interrupter, she was very like she was larger than life uh like i didn't know any of the songs they played but i was i was hooked i was like okay i gotta check them out and then when this i heard that new release coming out i was like yeah jump it on that um i they're kind of like punk rock meets meets ska which is not like ska is not something i know a lot about but i really enjoy it when they do it um there's some straightforward rock songs like raised by wolves and anything was better but there's also stuff like uh um as we live and lay your burdens down which are like straight like ska reggae stuff but uh yeah this is a very it's very uplifting very positive record it's a great listen uh my highlights are anything was better i like in the mirror kiss the ground as we live raised by wolves burdens and the the last track alien is a great vocal from amy and it's absolutely absolutely heartbreaking lyrically it's a really pretty sad song so yeah interrupters into the wild what do you guys think this is another record that I would like to hear the the whole thing, um, the whole way through. Uh, I really, really like this song. And at first, I, I I liked it from the get-go because I think because of the Eurythmics video, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, coming out when I was at my my um, teen years and open to, uh, I can't think of the word, I was open to suggestion. I seem to have a thing for women wearing ties. 
Oh, said Amy Lennox in in the Eurythmics video. That's, that's what I I say it came from. So uh, seeing what's her name, Amy. Amy Interrupter, yeah. Seeing her wear the the tie in this video got my attention, and this is is a great song. I as I was listening to it, I was like, oh, is this the the 2020s version of No Doubt? Because they kind of have that same sort of pop, uh, punk ska sound. And at the end of the video, I was like, well, if it is, I like this group better than No Doubt. I, I think that um, they're a band I want to learn more about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought also thought it sounded kind of like ska um, without the horns, but. Um... But yeah, I, got, I wrote that down and I also thought it had a no doubt kind of sound. I think she sounds a little like Gwen Stefani, um, which is not a bad thing. But yeah, I'm also interested in checking out the rest of this album because I like what I heard. And I, I definitely got the good energy and the excitement and the fun out of this one song. And so I'd like to check more of that out. Kudos to them for using the vibra slap. <laughs> one of my favorite instruments in this song. Yes, you were very excited about the vibra slap. I was. I was like, yes, vibra slap. It's like a dangerous thing when you're our age, Sarah, to to find these bands with this ska influence because like when we were getting into music in the uh-huh. early 80s, ska was just starting to sort of make headway into the pop new wave scene. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, ska had been around, but it was now yes. starting to influence the pop music right, yes. that we are hearing. So like to us, ska is kind of like dangerous and kind of cool, yeah. kind of on the edge. Uh-huh. And so I'm listening to this song and I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I'm kind of cool, actually, because I like this song. I, you know, I think I'm kind of hip. Um, this has some ska, but now, you know, ska, pop, punk is kind of a, a combo that Passé. is everywhere now. Yeah. So uh, I had to, had to rein myself in. I'm not really cool. Like I said, I'm 52. I just like this song. Yeah. So good track. Uh, I gave this one a top shelf. Nice. Yeah. The album's called In, In the Wild, if you want to check it out. Very cool. Okay record yep great stuff and uh as for scott scott and stuff like that yeah i don't know too terribly much about it like my knowledge is limited to like them and less than jake and like whatever joe jackson was doing on his third album (laughs) (laughs) the one thing i know about scott is that if you want to make a true scott fan really really angry say oh yeah scott madness invented that that will piss them (laughs) off is madness the one step beyond Yes, that's the, yep. Okay, okay, yeah, I know that song. Yep, but they de- definitely did not invent it, but. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, well, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this up top, but I know we exchanged lists, we, we exchanged lists beforehand, and I'm really excited to hear you guys talk about this next one, so what's your number four? Oh, number four, okay, that's, that's me, but uh, of course, Brian's going to weigh in on this one, and Wow. What a what a wonderful thing it is to have new aha music in our lives and good new aha music in our lives with <laughs> because you know <laughs> it could be not so good but um yeah this new album uh a wonderful wonderful surprise because it it was so good and that album of course is called True North
that we chose is one of the most wonderful songs you could ever hear in your life. <laughs> it's called I'm in. And yeah, we, and we, we had the pleasure of getting to see them live. This was the second concert that we saw kind of coming out of the pandemic. Uh, we hadn't seen a concert since December of 2019. And this was the second show we saw coming back out of that. And wow. At Radio city music hall. First time that we'd ever been there. So that was really huge. And it was just so great to see them again. And they played a couple tracks off of this album and we got so excited to, to, for this new music and yeah, we weren't disappointed. Nice. Yeah. This was a big surprise for me. This would be like my number 11. Um, this was in my top 10 for a minute, but uh, mm, so close. It was, it was very, very close. Uh, so like I mentioned, I really got into synth pop this year and I know they're kind of, a pioneer in that field they're known for take on me but i've also heard that like there's a lot more to them than that song so i was definitely curious and i saw they had this new album coming out i was like i'm just gonna pre-order it out of the blue and just give it a try like you know like just go in totally totally blind you know like whatever it is it is um it's probably debatable to some people whether that was the best idea or not but this thing was supposed to come out in <laughs> this thing was supposed to come out in october i think and it, it did, but my copy didn't show up until I think like mid to end of November. I, oh, wow. Yeah, it took it took a while to get this thing to me. Like I got it on Amazon, but it was definitely an import and it was an expensive import too. It was like 30 bucks. Uh, so when I got here, I was really excited to listen to it. And I was expecting like, you know, bubbly, synthy pop songs. And I put it in and it's this lush, orchestral, just gorgeous album. And I... I loved it. I, I fell in love with it. I was like, this is not what I was expecting, but this is fantastic. Like it just, it was the opposite of what, what I, what I thought I was getting, but it didn't matter. Like I love Morton's vocals. <laughs> I think they're great. I love oh, the, yeah. I love the orchestra. There's, it's such a big, warm sound. Like this is the perfect album to listen to, to keep you warm in the winter. Like it's like your favorite blanket. Mm -hmm. just cuddle up in front of the TV, watching your favorite movie. It's just perfect perfection. Um, like and I, this is another one I listened to on headphones this week, and it just again took me back just by like the expansiveness of it. Like I feel like much like the fix, you got to listen to this over and over again to really take it all all in. Like some highlights for me, I love Bumblebee. I'm in. That was a great song to pick. I think the title track's my favorite. Uh, Between the horn, the halo was great. Uh, this thing just delighted me. I I love it, and I'm looking forward to learning more about Aha. I got their uh, best of for Christmas, uh, Headlines and Deadlines. And I listened to that a couple of days ago and it was so fun to listen to because after every song I was like, that's fucking awesome. I bet the next one can't beat it. And then the, <laughs> and then the next song beats it. And it's just like, oh, uh. it's just like, just like, uh, like, yeah, I'm really excited like 
to hear more from them. So yeah, this is a great pick and it was just so close. The only reason I think I ended up pushing it down to 11 was just, was just cause I didn't get to spend as much time with it as I, mm-hmm. as I would have liked. So yeah, great, great choice. And I got to ask you, cause, cause you said, you know, you're happy. It's good. Was the one before this not as, uh, not as good. I'm going to all feel that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one before this was called uh, Cast in Steel. Cast in Steel. And, and I almost hear it as a, a test run for this album. They get away from the synth pop, um, which they do occasionally over the years. Uh, but they, they got away from it on that album and brought in the orchestral sound and developed a much more mellow songwriting style. But unfortunately, it's not nearly as successful as it is on this album. I think Cast in Steel is a relatively boring album. Um, and it, I was glad to hear you say all those positive things about it, Alex, because, um, when I was waiting for it to come out too, because I, I ordered it online and ended up waiting a long time, like you did the one, one of the few music sites that I still follow pretty religiously is super deluxe edition. And they had a post about it. They reviewed it track by track, which was surprising, but like 40 people chimed in, in the comment section and said, like, I've been a fan for 20 years. This is the worst thing that they've ever released. Like. <sighs> People seem to hate it. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to be, a, you know, another a, a, even worse version of Cast in Steel. So I was sort of down on it. So um, when I finally heard it, I was like, I don't know what those people were talking about. They they came through big time on this album. Such good songwriting. And, you know, it, it's it's surprising on one hand to me that it's so good. But on the other hand, maybe this is why it's so good, because the whole band was never together in the studio. They, they famously <laughs> cannot get along. So... Paul would come in and write his songs and record them with Morton. And then Mags would come in and write his songs and all three of them were never there together. And Hey, it's one of their best albums since the turn of the century. So wow. if they, if they do another one, I hope they do the same, the same method. If this is their last album, because we've had a last aha album before they're one of the, like, <laughs> yeah. like suede previously, aha has broken up and then got back together. Um, if this is their last album, I think this is a really good album to go out on. Nice. So is the documentary worth worth checking out? Because I know there's a documentary about them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. We've seen it twice now. Yeah, um, definitely. Because we really, really liked it. It's a very well-told story of their career and how they came together and, and what they're like now. It, it's very enlightening. It yeah. does make, if you're a fan, like I've been a fan since whenever the early nineties um, it did make me a little sad to learn that they're not really friends. Like, and I don't know why it matters to me. Like, why does it matter to me that these guys don't really get along? They still write great music and, and, you know, I can still love it, but it, I do remember when I, I finished it for the first time, yeah, I was just kind of, kind of like, a little down. Yeah. I, I felt the same way, but yeah, again, they, they are still working together, touring together, making music together, even if it's separately kind of it's working and uh, we should be thankful for that. So, yeah. I think there's it's, it's funny you bring that up this is a fun fun topic just because i think there's a little piece in all of us that wants to pretend our favorite artists are like this gang of like they're like this like bands especially like you know like they're th- these gang of friends that get along and they all hang out and they all love being together and making music and it's just we imagine them just having fun all the time right like, like i remember being a kid and thinking like wow motley Crue just must be the most badass gang of <laughs> in- individuals ever and then as an adult like oh yeah they all hate each other they all have separate tour buses and like, <laughs> i'm pretty sure vince could care less about being there at this point <laughs> so and it kind of hurts it kind of hurts 
Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, we, we we're it, so invested in these people. Yeah, I think it's because it usually their music brings us so much joy. So we like to think that they have a lot of joy, you know, yep. making the music together. And you know, that's not always the case, but at least the end result is something, you know, good for us. That's true. All right. So up next is my number four. Uh, this one was a surprise for me. This was one. I did not expect. So I went to see, uh, in September, I went to see uh, Bowling for Soup and Less Than Jake. Uh, my wife is really into pop punk and has gotten me into that music. And uh, this was a band that was opening for them. I'd never heard of them. But by the end of their set, I pushed my way through that very thick crowd in the House of Blues to their merch table because I had to own their album. And that album is Exercise Your Demons by Cliff Diver. because it's something you can totally crank up and rock out to but when you listen to the lyrics there's a lot going on too like stuff that like just kind of makes you stop and go whoa uh the voc one of the vocalists joey duff he's very honest about his struggles with alcoholism and depression so sometimes you'll be listening to a song and it's fun and upbeat but then you hear hear him say something like you know you woke up in the car and you don't know how you got home it's like oh this is this is heavy mm. stuff this is heavy stuff but uh yeah it the album kind of ends you know with this you know resolve the song i sent you was called ikea strikes back weird name yeah. for a song uh it end, kind of ends on this resolve i like you know you, you you made it through a rough time and you know you're going to push through push through it you know there's no use in feeling useless i believe is the line that i really like it's just such, such a cool tune it's very melodic and i love that the band has a they're a seven-piece band with a saxophone player so every now and then you get these like punctuations of sax in their music which is kind of out of nowhere which I love, but yeah, this is this is a great record. I love New Vegas Bomb is a cool song. Who let the hogs out? Uh, we saw the same sunset. Uh, Super Saiyan, Al Pacino, and IKEA Strikes Back are my favorites. So yeah, great record. Cliff Diver, Exercise Your Demons. Well, if you had to classify this record into a genre, what what genre of music is this? I would say pop punk. I think is what I would call it. Okay, I couldn't put my finger on. Yeah, it. Yeah, I was trying to think. They made me think of 
some other bands. I've heard this kind of sound of music before. And the only band that I could come up with that might be close was Jimmy Eat World. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. They're kind of in that scene. I, I was thinking more Blink-182, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That too. But I wasn't sure. They're, they're like a little bit more childish, I think. I don't know. Oh yeah. No, um, they're, they're, they're like, they're not this level of serious lyrically. Yeah. Right. So, and I don't know about Jimmy Eat World, but I know the song in the middle is another one of those that has like a, has like a pretty good message to it. So I get it's. I think maybe there is a little bit of a parallel there, but but yeah, I like this this group, this song pretty well. I thought it was pretty, certainly lots of fun. They seem like fun people that we watched the video um, just again today. And um, if that was everybody in the band, it was like actually really in the band. <laughs> they yeah. look like a lot of fun. Yep. They, they, they look like they're, I, again, they look like they're having a good time. I don't know if they really are, but <laughs> but but they sold it for me in the video. And uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um I'd be willing to to try out the rest of the album, check that out, but uh, I'm I'm a little skeptical that I would get through the whole thing. I don't know, I but I'm I think I would be better with this than uh, the Michael Moore or Michael Monroe, um, Michael Monroe, yeah, the Michael Michael Monroe, yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'd do a little better with this. <laughs> I had I had a couple things going against me the first time we listened to this. So on the playlist you sent, it was just kind of uh, it was not the official music video right. for it, and I saw that there was going to be a song here coming up called Ikea strikes back. And I'm like, Oh, that's a quirky title. This is going to be, this is going to be an entertaining song. I was expecting something totally different than what we got. And I also had a little bit of a problem with it because there are times little spurts of percussion in here where it sounds to me like the drummer really wants to be in a band like old, old time Metallica or something like there's, there's parts where the drums just sort of sound like thrash metal. And then it immediately rains itself in. And, um, like yeah, people are forcing him not to rock out too much because that's not the kind of band we are. And uh, so I was listening to that and just what wasn't jiving for me. But then we watched the music video. And this is another case of our love of music videos from the heyday of MTV winning me over. The The video for this is delightful. It, yeah. it has disc golf in it, which I immediately am going to gravitate for. I'm a big fan of disc golf. And then it has Hanson in it. There's a storyline for Battle of the Bands. They show up and and they being um, Cliff Diver shows up and they give the performance of their life. It says right. And And, they're like in the top, the running for the first place the whole time. Right. But then out of nowhere, Hanson steals it and wins the prize. And then it is revealed at the end of the video after the song, because Hanson is there by themselves. Hanson's not even sure they played at the Battle of the Bands. They're like, <laughs> did we play? I don't I don't think so, but we still won. <laughs> Just showing up was enough. And the fact that these guys made a video that was so fun completely won me over. It was a song that I was just, I was kind of thinking maybe I was going to give it a, a I-double-S-D. Oh. <laughs> but the, the video won me over and I ended up giving it a, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, the cool, the craziest thing about the video, they were they showed those disc golf, and then they showed a map of like all the different places that they went, and they started in Oklahoma, and at one point they went off, veered off in Kansas, and the town of Emporia was listed, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's my mom's hometown, that's where she was oh, born wow. and raised, and she was just there in September visiting family, and I'm like, how bizarre is that? Like Emporia, Kansas, it's not like a big town by any means. And here it is on the video of this music um, group. And I thought, wow, okay. I think I have to like them. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. 
Nice. Yeah, that, they were they were an unexpected surprise, but I, that's an album that I played almost daily for a while. It's thirty minutes, so it goes by really quickly. But yeah, like like the, the hope in that album was very very helpful. That th this year I, I had some family struggles, so uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a nice album for me to have this year. So yeah, Cliff Diver, uh, Exercise Your Demons, definitely worth checking out. And that video is a lot of fun. I, one last thing on the disc golf. They had a little mini disc golf at their merch stand. Like just oh, sitting, really? sitting there for some reason. I don't know why they had that, but it was it was, it was kind of cute. It was just on the table. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. That's awesome. Nice. All right. What's your number three? All right. Our number three is. Oh, yes. It's an independent artist that is is mainly on Bandcamp, but. It's also an artist who, over the course of of Sarah's life and my life, has has meant a whole heck of a lot to us. It's a band called VHXRR, and it's their latest called On the Shoulders of Giants. So this has definitely been one of the highlights of our last few years. Um, this band came around in 2020. They released their first EP. And this is a singer named Rob Rowe, who was in a band called Cause and Effect in the late 80s, early 90s. And they had a big hit with a song called um, You Think You Know Her, which got a lot of air airplay on Top 40 Radio and, and sort of sounded like Depeche Mode or Erasure. So Sarah and I, of course, were all in on it, and we followed that career ever since. And it's just been, unfortunately, a career of diminishing returns. Their their second big album, big label album, they sent them to London. The label sends them to London to work with uh, um, Martin. I'm not I'm not getting the right name. It's a producer, Martin Phillips. That's not right, but a Martin big name Birch. producer. What is it? Martin Birch. Is that it? No, that's not it either. I'm drawing a blank. But they sent him to London, worked with this big producer because they're going to build the sound up. They had success by themselves. Now we're going to, you know, develop them fully. And then like the early 90s, people do not want to hear synth pop. So they come back from finishing the album and it just kind of dies on the vine. And from then on, each album was smaller and smaller and smaller. But their songs are always amazing. Rob is one of the best singers in in music, in, in my opinion. I think he's great. And um we just interviewed him over the weekend, um, him and, and his songwriting partner, Von Herzog, who is 
from our general area, uh, Philadelphia area. So it's been great to to discover this band and get to know these guys, um, at least remotely. Great stuff if you like cause and effect, if you like Pet Shop Boys or Erasure, that kind of sound. Nice. Yeah, this this is something I definitely want to hear more of. Like I put this on, I'm like, this is really good. Like it's got an aggressive synth sound almost, which I love. Um, and I hear those influence. I hear Depeche Mode. I hear Soft Cell. I hear Pet Shop Boys. Um, I definitely want to hear more from this band. Like that song, I forget the name of it now, but that was that was just like whoa. Yeah, and we I, sent Heavenly Outline was the name of the song. Heavenly Outline, and I can see why you like them because I know you guys are super Depeche Mode fans. So they definitely. <laughs> yeah have that vibe they should open this tour that's coming up in my opinion oh yeah oh yeah that'd, that'd be, be amazing <laughs> <laughs> wow and a cool thing is that um von herzog the, the keyboardist and main instrumentalist his background is in hip-hop from the early 2000s he was sort of a producer and mixer for hip-hop bands i think in new york um so he kind of mixes some of that you know i can't hear it i actually had to ask him like is there hip-hop in this music and both of them both rob and von were like oh yeah yeah there's and they explained to me what was hip-hop so there's, even if you're not into the, you know, synth sound, you maybe might, it will appeal to you because yeah, of that. you might recognize the influences better than we do, but this is the third, um, in a trilogy that they did. So, you know, there's three, there's two other, um, albums in this, in this set. So now that they've rounded everything out, it's a, it's a really nice whole body of music. And, uh, I definitely recommend checking all of it out. Down to our top three. Nice. I know. Here we go. Uh, my number three, uh, one of my favorite, favorite artists ever, favorite vocalists, uh, someone I absolutely adore, Ozzy Osbourne, patient number nine. regardless um that was a bit unexpected i didn't think we were going to get another album from him especially with the parkinson's diagnosis but we did especially after his last record felt so much like a goodbye like even in the lyrics like it kind of felt like it was the end um but to me this is one of his best solo records in a very long time probably his best since 95's Os osmosis it's very very like lively and but it's also very dark Ozzy tackling subjects like mental issue, mental health issues, and 
dark thoughts and like it's, it's very sabbathy it's very like you know ozzy's always been heavy but this is a very lyrically dark and dense album um he's still in fine voice which is great i wasn't sure how he was going to sound this time around but it it just all came together there's a guest a glut of guest performers on here tony iomi from black sabbath eric clapton taylor hawkins zach wilde mike mccready um and he worked with andrew watt who produced the last album and just put out a great record like i'm a bit of a you know I, i'm such a super fan of ozzy i pr pretty much love everything he puts out but this was uh i think this is going to be one of his like top tier albums like you know at the end of his career there's just so many good songs here for, for me one of those days patient number nine parasite degradation blues uh evil shuffle mr darkness no escape from now um just a one of one of my favorite artists so yeah this was gonna um, an absolute mark to make my list and i got to go to a signing event and meet him this year which was really cool wow um, that's amazing yeah that that was a, tr a trip i got to, i got to talk to him and he definitely was kind of zoned out but he, he looked up at me and smiled and you know that's enough for me so <laughs> that's very cool yeah. Yeah, Ozzy Osbourne, patient number nine. Uh, I sent you guys uh, the Evil Shuffle. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't want to <laughs> <I don't> wanna... <laughs> break your heart there. It's okay. It's okay. I you just take... hyped him up so much, and then so important to you. And uh, <laughs> oh, I, I had a feeling this one might get an interesting reaction. I think this might be the other. Uh, yeah i s s d uh-huh yeah i don't i don't have that rating but i that is how i would rate this song i am i'm really sorry this was my least favorite of all the songs on your list um and i'm sorry to say that because i can tell how much you like them but hey the world wouldn't go around if if we didn't all like different things right right and uh you know, I will say that I thought the effects on his voice were kind of interesting. He didn't sound like the Ozzy I was used to hearing. So it seemed like they did treat his voice differently. Either that or his voice has just changed or maybe a little of both. But um, I also thought that the slow part of that song was good. I liked when it slowed down. That was that was pretty cool. Um, I, I liked that. So I'll give you that much. <laughs> Sorry. That's, 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 I that's wish I could right. say more. That's all right. Uh, Brian, what do you think? So I have lived my life in fear of Ozzy Osbourne. I seriously, <laughs> I seriously, I'm not even exaggerating for for uh, the podcast. I remember being in, in elementary school and there's an album. Is it called Blizzard of Oz? What's the cover of Blizzard of Oz? Is that the, that's is the he, one where he's holding the cross or anything? Is he on his knees? He, yep, that's the one. Yep. Yeah. I, I saw that album cover scared the crap out of me and then i of course that was around the era where the story started that you know he bit a head off bit the head off a bat in concert and i was like oh my god this guy is terrifying and it seriously made an impact on me i mean back then i was listening to i don't know i i started to to get into synth pop a little bit right after elementary school in like 1980 but in elementary school i was listening i was listening to pink floyd i had i only bought 45s I was buying Pink Floyd 45s and ACDC 45s. And um, so I, it wasn't that I didn't like hard rock, but I was just terrified of this person. He seemed like a like a real life movie monster to me. And I think that seriously has stuck with me because over time I have branched out and tried lots of different like classic rock, hard rock bands. I have Led Zeppelin albums. I, I have The Who, um, Deep Purple. 
And there's things by all those bands that I like. Like I can say, well, I, you know, I don't want every album and I don't like everything I've heard, but I like this, this, and this. I've never even thought of buying a Black Sabbath album or an Ozzy album because I, I'm just too scared. <laughs> but um, so having said all that, I think I know two Ozzy songs other than this one. I know um, Crazy Train. Is that Ozzy by himself? Yep. And I know a song called The Ultimate Sin. Okay. That's that's an 80s one, yeah. Yep. And out of those songs... Oh, wait. Did he also... Didn't he sing a, a, a duet with Lita Ford? Yep. Close My Eyes Forever. Okay. I know that one, too. Um, but out of those songs that I know, I like this song the best. Like, out of... So here, this is my compliment. Out of the four Aussie songs that I know, <laughs> this one is is the best one. Um, there are parts I don't know. I, I I didn't love it, but I gave it an I gave it an award called to my great surprise. I didn't hate this song, and then it's followed <laughs> by a slight shudder of fear because I can't my brain can't believe I'm saying it. So uh, yeah, this wasn't nearly as bad as I was expecting to be. Kind of cool, cool. Um, music in it. it I kind of dug I don't know it kind of reminds me of um, do you know that the Tommy I, what's his name Tommy Ioni do you know his song with Ian Asbury and Brian May called Flame On I do not but I want to check that out now because that sounds amazing <laughs> it, I used to like it back in the 90s mainly because of Brian May being there but you know I also like the cult and um, there's something about the guitar sound in this that made me think of that song so I was kind of digging it, but I'm not, I'm not prepared to give it a top shelf, but I will give it that, that other mid grade. ranking. <laughs> well, at least it didn't get a bottom ranking. And I will say like, I, I kind of was curious, expected that this reaction from this one, because patient number nine as an Aussie album, like usually he has a few songs where I feel like you could play them for the average music fan or rock fan and be like, okay, that's, that's not so scary. This one doesn't let up. They're, 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 <laughs> it was like, do I send the song about the serial killer or do I send the song about autoerotic asphyxiation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, kudos to him. I mean, if if you're you're hyping this up, you you just said it may be it may go down as one of his very best solo albums. So, kudos to him for producing an album like that at this point in his career. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's very admirable. Yep, very cool. Yeah, loved it. And uh, if you guys want to hear about like the meet and greet, I did a whole episode on it with my wife uh, uh, called the Ozman Sineth. It was it was a lot of fun. It, we stood in line for, I think, like four hours and it was in the heat in oh, wow. California. And yeah, it was very it, it, it's a trip. There's some stories in there. I, I re That's one of my favorite episodes I did this year. I recommend checking that out. I was aware of that one. I do know that that's a thing. But, you know, my terror, my terror of Ozzy kept me from from listening plus I, I started back um closer to the beginning i know the the school of podcasting says you should always listen to the most recent episodes to support the person's current work but then try to catch up as quickly as you can from the beginning and i'm not i'm not always good with keeping up with the recent ones i go to the beginning and then work my way up from there yeah oh i'm sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry <laughs> uh, no dude well, you talked about Depeche Mode early on I yeah, did that, that. That, that that's true yeah I did that was a fun mm -hmm. episode uh for, for me like I it, it really starts cooking when I when I when I do the uh do the Joe Jackson episode with John Lamoureux like that's to me where I start like in, in my opinion at least where I'm like okay I started getting really good here cool yeah I'll, I'll remember that when I listen 
I'm excited to hear you guys talk about this next pick. So uh, okay. what's your number two? Oh, it's all right. So, sorry, it's I lost. Up, it's up to Brian. I lost track of. I was thinking it was. It yeah, was it's number slide two. dogs pick. Oh, number, number two. two. All right. Uh, this is a man I love. I love this man. Oh my God, Mr. Colin Hay, and it is his most recent album, Now and the Evermore. Secretly scared we'd get lost Up in the clouds Over the town Beyond the wall Some of us knew we might fall Under the weight of it all And though we'd been warned Of the oncoming Storms still we stood tall. So from the moonlight, straight to the sunrise, this will be our time to free fall and nose dive. Out of the we, we specifically sent you a song called Into the Bright Lights just because we sort of have a cool history with this song, turns out. But um, yeah, man, Colin Hay is, is he's, he's the greatest. The he is the man. Back in the 80s, he ruled the airwaves with Men at Work and then everybody turned against him and he was playing shows to 10 and 20 people and has built his his way back up from from those depths to be to become one of the most entertaining and amazing independent artists in in music right now i think and he's another one of those guys like howard jones like he's always torn so if you if you have an interest in in um colin hay definitely go out and see him he he it's like going to see a stand-up comedian who's also one of the best songwriters you ever met because he peppers the songs with stories that are just hysterical <sighs> so funny just even his little ad-lib comments when he's not telling his story, you know, are, are delightful. He, he's just got, he's so quick witted and, and very entertaining and just a, a great, great guy to, to have up on stage, uh, talking to you, singing to you, whatever he's going to do, recite the phone book, anything. <laughs> <laughs> it is just, a, it's a delight. So yeah, this was our first concert post going to see him in Washington, D.C., and I was so glad that it was that it was Colin that we were starting the ball rolling again with because we've enjoyed so many of his concerts over the years. And this new album is great. Um, we picked this one song. This is a song. Uh, it's probably the one, it's the one song in the album that Colin didn't write. This is a song by Chris Trapper, who did this song on one of his solo albums and on an album of he has a band whose name I'm drawing a blank on push right now, Star? the push stars, because I just got that album last month. And after he did it twice, he's friends with Colin Hay and Colin covered the song here. So we just saw the songwriter do this song live at Eric Miller's house last month. So it was great. We saw Colin do it in Washington, DC in a big theater in April. And then in December, we saw this, the writer do it in, in a, in a living room, but it's, it's an amazing song and it's one of, 10 amazing songs on the album. Nice. I'm definitely curious to check this out. So I, I, I've been a casual men at work fan for a long time. I've had like a 
a super hit CD, which has 10 other, best, 10 other hits on it. Mm-hmm. But I, I got uh, the Cargo album for Christmas, and I've been listening to that CD lately, and I really dig it. So when I saw this on the list, I was curious to hear what it was going to sound like. Was it going to sound like old men at work, or was it going to be completely different? And it was way more singer-songwriter than I expected, but he still has that voice, and he sounds really good. So I'm definitely curious to check this album out. I'm definitely going to give it a try. Cool. I hope you'll like it. He doesn't really have a solo album that continues in the vein of Men at Work. No. There, there isn't. If there's, I don't know. the The closest thing is maybe the very first one, maybe. Maybe. Or but, are you looking at me as kind of less singer songwriter? It doesn't sound like Men at Work, but it's true. less singer songwriter. Yeah. But his his songs are just so catchy, and his his insight into things just amuses me. Like. Right. He, yeah. The, he, he'll make you smile and say something very astute at the same time. The way he presents his lyrics. Yes. Witty and and uh, pointed observations and and comments on life. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And we also saw him this year. I forgot we saw him in April promoting this album. Oh. Yeah. But we saw him in the summer, That's like right. touring as Men at Work, even That's, though it's yeah. basically just him. Yes. There's nobody else from the original band. But um, yeah. yeah. They, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. We saw him twice this year. What a what a treat. Right. I was going to ask you guys guys about that because I know you saw saw him doing those shows as men at work now, which I think is interesting. Um, like I, I kind of wonder, wondered if it was because he's been solo for so long. I've, I've been aware he's been a solo artist. Um, I, I kind of wondered if it was just a move to like, you know, promoters, you know, want that name. Like, did it seem like a separate thing from the from the solo show or? Was it just kind of like an extension of the solo show, but under a different name? No, it was. Oh, it's a whole different. It was definitely separate. And he kind of makes fun of it as, as the night goes on. Like he does turn around and gesture to the band behind him at one point and says, as you can see, all the original members are here. Like he makes a joke about it because they're all young kids. I think, I think a lot of the band members are from his wife's band. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I think that's where he got them from. So, um, you know, this is, we, we saw Colin Hay in a theater in DC, we saw men at work at an outdoor arena at a casino that Colin Hay, the name Colin Hay wasn't going to sell it out, you know, right. with the name men at work will. So I I don't begrudge him that. Yeah, no, you, you do what you got it. And what was, yeah. that was him with uh, Rick, Rick Springfield, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and, John, and John Waite. Yeah. 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 I, it I was hope, a really good bill. Yeah. I've been hoping that bill makes it to the West coast because I think that'd be a fun night of music. Uh, this next one was a surprise to me because, uh, I got promo for this band and the name of the album and the press photo intrigued me because they look so incredibly eighties hair metal. Mm-hmm. Um, the band is called reckless love. The album is called turbo rider.
into the the stream I had, and out of my speakers came this blend of '80s hair metal and synth pop. Like if you put Dawkins and Judas Priest in a blender with Duran Duran and Aha, and I was like, <laughs> "What is this?" But I I fell in love with it. The songs are so damn catchy. Uh, they're they're from Sweden. Um, they're they're a newer band. They're, they're trying a new direction. Before they were kind of just doing the the sleaze glam rock thing. This is a, kind of their first album with more of a synth wavy sound is what they call they call it and uh i i like it a lot i think it's a lot of fun it kind of was an interesting harbinger of the year to come because i got this in february and then later in the year i end up getting into synth pop and stuff so it was kind of like a perfect little pairing pairing for me yeah there you go it's it's been pretty divisive amongst their fans and people like in this little podcasting community i know people that have listened to it and been like yeah it's kind of cheesy but i i just had fun with it it's like this great two sounds colliding and it sounds really cool and i just love listening to it because it puts me in a world of like neon and arcade games and guitars and big clips so yeah i love the title track uh outrun kids of the arcade 89 sparkle like a cobra future lover boy and they do a great cover of ozzy's bark at the moon uh highly recommend fun good time album what do you guys think of outrun it's funny that you mentioned uh, video games and arcades because yeah. as soon as I saw the song was called Outrun uh -huh. and the the artwork for the album made me think of that old arcade game. Yes, Outrun. that I love. Yeah. I love that game, Outrun. Yeah, where you drive down the road. and Oh, that was a lot of fun. So I, I assume that that was the intent is to make you think of that video game. But yeah, you're right. This is like I saw the band. We, we, we started watching it. <laughs> It gets a couple seconds into it, and, and we just looked at each other with amazement on our faces, and we're like, "What are we listening yeah. to? Like, <laughs> this is not the sound we expected to hear from these guys." No, no, none of this goes together. Like the video doesn't go with the music, even the music doesn't go with the music. You know, it's like I, I have my notes are I'm a bit confused by them, but I think I like them. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's really, really something else. I, it's so unique. This, well, I, I love the 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 song is super catchy. The song itself is super catchy. Like regardless of the music that accompanies this melody, it's going to be super catchy and it's going to stick in your mind. But then, they made this this arrangement for it that is almost like, oh, we're going to really try to impress Brian when he hears this for the first time, so we could win him over. This, <laughs> I'm still sort of shocked by what yeah, we were listening to. Yeah, and, it, it's so it's so different you know like i'm used to you know we, you mentioned duran duran they're they have guitars and synths together you know new order has guitars and synths together this is not the same kind of blend of guitars and synths that i'm used to and it's like really jarring to the ear not jarring in a bad way just like we're like we're dumbfounded by this <laughs> how did no one ever do this before and i mean they're doing i think a very good job of it it's just like wow it's just blowing your minds and it's it's mixed i guess would be what i would say it, it, it's mixed to perfection like like the sound yeah. of this song is super oh, yeah. crisp and, and super nice mm -hmm. um just sonically it's it's so pleasing to the ear um and they do some great harmonies on the vocal yes. too uh, yes i have that note as well very very nice harmonies in the chorus especially yeah so i mean i've never heard of this band they didn't sound like i thought they looked 
And I'm still, I don't know, just talking, I've, I've heard the song four or five times now, so I should have gotten over it, yeah, but I'm, but... I'm struggling here because I'm <laughs> once again, being so thrown off by, yeah. by the sound of the video. This is, this is a great band. I would definitely love to hear more. So I'm glad to hear. Well, I mean, I guess if the album hit number two on your end of the year chart, it's got to be pr- consistently good the whole yeah. time. So this is another and one I'd like to check out. I like out. that you were confused by it too. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, it, I just didn't know what to think. Cause like, it was like, it shouldn't work, but it does. And it I works know. so it works so well. Like and it I just I, I keep coming back to it. I listen to it a lot. Like every time I put it on, I still get a little bit like, huh, this is a thing. And, <laughs> yeah, like, it's and, like and, and, wow. Like and then and the second half of the album, there's a song called 89 Sparkle where they go full on funk bass, almost like a Michael Jackson type of song. So it's oh, oh wow. Yeah, it's it's really it, this thing is a trip. Like I I hope they continue okay. in, this, in this direction because the early stuff is fine, but it's not as remarkable as this. Like this is well, right? Yeah, I mean, this is. I like that remarkable. That's a good word for it because we're remarking on it for sure. That whole story that you told there and the and the evolution of the band sound reminds me of um, the band Paradise Lost. Are you familiar with them at all? Oh, no. Man. No, I, I got into them like in the early 2000s because they had this album that sound called Host, an album called Host that sounded not too unlike Depeche Mode's songs of faith and devotion. That's kind of what it reminded me of. So being the zombie that I am for Depeche Mode, I immediately got, got this album and I, and I loved it. And then I started getting the albums before and after it because it wasn't it wasn't the, the most recent album. Um, and they started as like a, a doom metal band, like the guy didn't really sing like when he the vocals were just like a real deep voice and they start, they, they sort of got away from that. But they were still really heavy. And then, then they got to this album where all of a sudden I never found out what it, what it was that caused them to do this. Cause there's very little information available here at that time. I guess there's probably more online now that I could investigate, but something won them over to this. Dep- I mean, they seriously were ripping off Depeche mode. Their, their fans hated it. And the next album, they backed off of it a little bit but it's still there. And then the second album after it, they had sort of gone back to what they used to be. So I was done with them. Like I was like, Oh, they're dead to me now that, you know, they're back to this, this it's not the best mode, <laughs> but I, I was so amused, like seeing people's reaction, people who love the band for so many years, see them try to deal with it. And that's what, you know, as soon as you said, like the fans are not happy that they changed their sound to sound like this. That's the first thing it made me think of. Yeah, I'm a little afraid that the next one's going to be like, okay, we're just going to try and be Poison and Pretty Boy Floyd again. Not that there's anything wrong with those bands, but right. this is so much more exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody's doing this. Yeah, so yeah, I, I I hope they stick with it. I really I really enjoyed the record, and I highly recommend it. Um, before we do our number ones, uh, do you guys have any honorable mentions? Oh, yeah, I know Brian has a couple. Yeah, honorable mentions. Two things that I would have liked to have on our list, and one is Sarah's fault, one's my own fault. Um, so Sarah <laughs> prevented me from putting Bruce Springsteen on the top ten. Uh, his new album, Only the Strong Survive, which, in theory, I didn't think I was going to be too crazy about it. It's Bruce covering a bunch of old soul songs, and and there's too many songs on it. I think it's 15 songs on the album. So once again, there's another album that's too long. But when I listen to it, man, I really love it. I like. I never liked the song Night Shift. Like I was alive and I was following the top 40 when Night Shift was a single and I would always turn it off. But Bruce's version, man, it's it's pretty faithful to the original, but I love it. I don't know what it is. It, it really connected with me and I can't get enough of that. And 
every song on that album other than track four which has that drum beat that my brain can't can't figure out i just i just really enjoy so i'm glad i saw that he said he recorded so many songs that there's going to be another album like this so i'm ready for it so i would have liked to have had that on the list and then the other album i would have liked to add was the lost album by the smithereens which it's my own fault that it's not on the list because i got it shortly before christmas or shortly before thanksgiving and once i hit thanksgiving i basically have to start listening to my christmas music so i got the smithereens and only got to play it for a few days before i switched over to all christmas all the time so i've got to get back to it but my first couple listens to it i really did enjoy it i thought it was it was a it was nice to see this album that should have come out in the mid 90s as a follow up to the album blow up um because the smithereens were a band i really really dug back in the day so it was cool to hear hear some new songs even though they're you know 30 years old so I would have liked to have that be on here, but I haven't heard it enough. Nice. Well, I do have a what? few. Uh, I I do have a few uh, other than the ones I like mentioned. I I already mentioned True North and uh, Dialogue, so I, I won't I won't mention those again. But uh, Panic at the Disco, Viva Las Vengeance just missed my list. Um, I think it's a great record, and I think you guys might like it. It's very, it's very much a love letter to the late seventies and Queen. Like that guitar tone is. Uh, very queen sounding and his vocals are very Freddie Mercury. So Viva Las Vengeance by Panic at the Disco. Fantastic album. Uh, Rammstein Zeit. I thought that was a fun really release. Um, just German industrial metal. I, I don't know what to ca call them. I, th I think the official name for their genre is New, New Dush Heart or however you say it. I don't know. I like Rammstein. Hmm. So Zeit. I didn't know they were still around. Yeah. Yeah, that it's called Zeit. It's it's a pretty fun album. It's a little mellower than I expected, but it's it's a it's a fun listen. Um, Ghost Impera just missed out. They're they're very uh very produced this time around, uh, but I love Ghost and pretty much you know it, it was a fun listen. I just wish it was a little more uh had a little more oomph to it. And my last two are going to be uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers Unlimited Love. Um, believe it or not, I'd never listened to them before this year. Uh, oh wow! Because I'm a terrible millennial, uh, but uh, <laughs> a, a, a YouTuber I like did a retrospective on them, and they had so many. Uh, there are so many hits in, that they had that I didn't realize were theirs. So I was like, what? "They have a new album coming out. I'm going to check that out when it comes out." So and sure enough, I ended up really loving it. So Unlimited Love, and then the last one is going to be uh, Ugly Kid Joe, Rad Wings of Destiny. Uh, they're kind of a early '90s uh, hard rock band, very Aussie influenced. They're kind of like when hair metal was starting to die out. They were like kind of like this breed of bands like Saigon Kick and Extreme that were like they were trying to push things back to like the early '80s harder rock sound. I think Ugly Kid Joe kind of fits in that that wheelhouse as well. And they're still around and they're still making good music. So yeah, Rad Wings of Destiny. All right. So what's your number one? Oh wow. I almost, I almost feel bad being the one to introduce this one, but, um, we, we were taking turns and we each picked five and, and, um, well, and this was originally my band, you know, this is a band I've been into longer than Brian and he's come around and well, he came around big time on this and, uh, <laughs> big time. So, um, it's a band that had not released anything since 2004 um, but finally, in 2022, we got this new album from Tears for Fears called The Tipping Point.
gosh, is it amazing? Is it phenomenal? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I could go on and on. And I know Brian could go on and on. And I'm think I think I will let him go on and on at this point because I I love it. I really, really do. But what I love more is how much Brian has embraced it and how much he loves it. Cause it's like I said, this was my band really more than his. Um, he's, he's grown to like them more, but this I think has won him over. He may be a bigger fan of them than I am at this point. Well, I'm probably a bigger fan of this album at least. Um, yeah, man, tears to fears. You know, I love the singles back in, in the day when everybody in America was listening to shout and head over heels and everybody wants to rule the world. I like those songs fine too, but I was, I was firmly in the Wham camp because at that same time, <laughs> Wham and Tears for Fears were having a, a race to see who could get four consecutive number one songs. And so I wanted Wham to do that. So I was kind of real happy whenever Tears for Fears' mother's talk didn't hit number one. But then, of course, Wham, Freedom did not hit number one either. Or no, no, Freedom did. Uh, wake Me Up Before You Go. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was Freedom. Wake Me Up Before You Go, Go, Everything She Wants, and Careless Whisper all hit number one. But that's neither here nor there. You can cut that out. So... Over the years, Tears for Fears occasionally does impress me. I was a big fan of Elemental. But Tears for Fears cannot follow up an album. They <laughs> they did, did Elemental, and then they had a weird B-Sides collection. And then they had uh, Row on the Kings of Spain, which did not speak to me in the slightest. So I just sort of said, I'm never going to like Tears for Fears again, evidently. But then this album okay. came out. Every song is amazing. Um, and it's it's like all over the place. It, you know, um, Seeds of Love wanted to be the Beatles and uh, songs from the big chair is like pop music of the time. This, this has some things that sound like they could have been on songs for the big chair. This has some things that sound like it could have been on, you know, a song of the seeds of love. It's just a great mix, but every song is so well-written produced immaculately. Yes. Um, And they, they totally exploited my love of them. They released it in so many formats. I have the vinyl with like a, a bonus seven inch single, which has two other songs. I have the 5.1 surround app Dolby Atmos mix. I have the CD. Um, they've certainly got my money out of this album. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I saw you posting so many pictures of different formats. Yeah. Of this album. Yeah. 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 He went, he went crazy. Oh, and they got more of our money when we got to see them live this summer performing, which was also just a wonderful experience that was at a, a, a pavilion out in Philly. And, um, boy, that was just so much fun to see them performing these songs and their classic hits with a crowd full of very grateful, very excited and, um, energetic fans. It was just, just a wonderful evening. And they did seven songs off of this new album and they really presented it in a way that they never lost the crowd. Like normally, you know, right. these bands, you know, when you go see Depeche Mode, 40 minutes into it when they do a new song that's where people go get their beers or whatever um it didn't seem like people were doing that and then i mean especially with songs like my demons yeah i mean folks were way into it right that, that's such a good aggressive rock song anyway that it, you know it's easy to get into it but they did a great job just keeping that crowd into the show and enjoying those new songs it was shocking nice love hearing your thoughts on that one i knew i had a feeling this was going to be high in your guys' list of when I saw that, I actually for a second had to think to myself, did this come out in 2022? Because it seems like it came out so long ago. It might have been late 2021. But mm -hmm. uh, no, th this came out in 2022. Um, I checked this out because um, it was kind of, <laughs> it kind of seemed like 
everybody in my in my Facebook feed was checking out this album and loving it. So I was like, okay. yeah, I know it. It was all over social media. Yeah. So I was like, OK, I got to give this thing a try. So I got the target version with two bonus tracks. And I listened to it a couple of times and I was like, yeah, it's fine. And I put it away and then I pulled it out today to give it another try. And again, there's something to be said for giving albums another shot and coming back to them and spending time with them because this time I really, really appreciate it. Like things stood out to me more. Um, My Demons, like you said, that's a great song. Um, I like Rivers of Mercy a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah. No Small Thing is a great opener. Um, Let It All Evolve, one of the bonus tracks. I love that one. Uh, this is a great album and from what I read a lot went into getting to this point because like there was a label switch and then they made an album that we kind of didn't hear that was supposed to be kind of more contemporary yeah. so the, like, this was a long time coming like you said oh yeah <laughs> so as a, as a as a casual fan I can only imagine what it was like to wait so long for this were they still active in touring in that period like between 2004 and this one we saw them on tour in 2017. Um, they were on tour with Hall and Oates at that time. I don't know how much they'd been touring before that. I honestly don't remember. Must not have been too much. I don't cause... think. Yeah, I think after the if they toured for Everybody Loves a Happy Ending, mm-hmm. I think they then went away. Yeah. Until they toured with Hall and Oates. I think so, too. So there was like nothing from the Tears for Fears camp for at least 10 years. Wow. Yeah, I think we pretty much wrote them off, honestly. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the fact that everybody on your your social media was was posting pictures of that album because it was so different compared to 2004 when Everybody Loves mm-hmm. a Happy Ending came out. Nobody cared about that. <laughs> like it was so like when I heard Tears for Fears was going to have another album, I was like, well, it's going to be another you know welcome by nobody except for the diehard fans. Mm-hmm. But it really seems like people really wanted this album and yeah. were excited the band was back. And I don't know why that didn't happen in 2004. I don't know, but there was also a ton of publicity about this. There, I mean, they were, they were all over, you know, articles and interviews. And I mean, I think there was stuff in the New York times about it. So yeah, they, they really, really hyped it up and they, I mean, as well, they should because a, it took forever to make and B it's a fantastic album and everyone should listen to it. And I guess because of the fact that Roland looks like Gandalf now, that probably uh, had some appeal to people. (laughs) Wizardry magic into the Tears for Fears album. Indeed. (laughs) Yeah, like like, it it made me think that there's a lot of love for this band. It's interesting to hear you say that in 2004, there really wasn't a lot of love because I I was like, even I was kind of like, I didn't know this many people like Tears for Fears. Like like, I should get songs from the big chair probably and check that out. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, we covered that one early on, and um, that was a good, good discussion. And it's, of course, just an absolutely classic album from the '80s. I'd rather have this new one though. Somebody said I can only keep one, keep the tipping point. Ooh, <laughs> don't, make me choose. don't make me choose. Well, if you keep that one, then I'll keep. I'll keep All right, yeah, we'll from the big chair. Assuming we're still in the same house, I'm. Yeah, I think we'll be yep. good. It'll it'll balance itself out. Indeed, exactly. Nice. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys picked this because it made me give it another another spin. And yeah, I've definitely got to, I need to check out more from them because this this album is fantastic and so fresh and vibrant. And I feel like like this should have had Grammy nominations. Like usually I don't really care about stuff like that, but man, like this mm-hmm. like so much went into this and like it was like so hyped and so many people loved it. Like this this thing deserves some recognition. So yeah. Cheers. Cool. For I'm fears. glad you dig it. Yeah, cheers for fierce tipping point. Great stuff. So 
my number one, this was uh first time I heard this artist, but I'd heard of them on the Pods and Sods Network, Eric Miller hyping this band up. Um, and I got a promo for their new album and I was like, Eric talks highly of them. Let me give it a try. And um, I was blown away by this band. Uh, they're kind of a funk rock band, a uh, little R&B, a little bit of rock and roll, a little hard rock. Uh, the Dan Reed Network. Let's hear it for the king. Mind and body, mind and body, baby. Mind and body. hearing Eric talk about them for so long I didn't know what they were going to sound like so to hear this and just be kind of blown away was great I love the lyrics again I'm a big lyric guy uh it's kind of Dan looking at the world and holding a mirror to some of the issues of the day politics pollution uh how we value celebrity racism it's it's all in here it's on, all on top of like hard rock and guitars and just gro solid grooves like you can dance to this music uh but there's a lot of hope in the album too with songs like I See Angels and The Last Day on Saturn um, it'll make you think, it'll make you move your feet while you're doing it. Um, my highlights are Pretty Karma, Starlight, Sup The Supernova, uh, the title track, um, I See Angels, Where's the Revolution, Last Day on Saturn, um, and Stumble. Yeah, this is a great, great album. It might be a bit long for some people, but I think eventually, like, every song gets hooked in your brain and it doesn't matter how long it is. I highly recommend anybody check this out. It's a great release uh, from a very underrated unknown band um and if you're looking for something a little deeper you're going to find it here but if you're looking to just rock out and have a good time and enjoy some funky grooves you're going to find that here too so yeah dan reed network let's hear it for the king it's funny that you just said you didn't know what they sounded like until you heard this because i've heard of this band uh, a couple times over the years but mainly now that we hang out with eric and craig um I've heard about them a lot, but I have not never heard their music. And I had sort of in my head an idea of what they probably sounded like. I mean, so Craig Smith, whose name I will say, I mean, last time I talked to Craig Smith, we were talking about his music and he mentioned, oh, I opened for for um, Dan Reed at, at Eric Miller's house back in 2000, whatever. And so when you hear about, you know, Craig Smith opening for somebody at a house concert, you sort of get an idea of, of a sound, 
you know, I, I pictured like acoustic guitars because it's a house concert. Um, so that's sort of what I thought this band was going to sound like. <laughs> oh my God, this song is is incredible. It's it the part of my brain that loves bands like King's X and Pound Hound, Tug Panic stuff, this funk rock, prog stuff. That part of my brain just lit up like fireflies because this song is so good. Oh my God, um, definitely another one of your records here that that blew me away so much that I definitely want to check out more and and get that album although that cover of the album is kind of scary <laughs> but uh i think i can deal with it it's a lot heavier than than the, it will lead you to believe than when you hear it yeah, yeah it, it looks very metal but it's yeah yeah it's, yeah it's very intimidating yeah and i i didn't know i'd heard i'd heard of them too i'd heard of this band too but i didn't know what they sound like either i love that all three of us were in the same boat now yeah. i had a different impression for some reason i don't know why I thought they were like jazz. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought it was a jazz band. <laughs> well, I was wrong. Thankfully, because I, I like this a lot better than I think I would like jazz. I thought the beginning of the song that you sent us, um, which was, what was Super, the name of the song? Supernova. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the very beginning sounds of that remind me of Stevie Wonder's Superstition. Yep. So yeah, I was I getting that. that too. Yeah, I was like, Ooh. oh, and as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, this is going to be good because I love Superstition. And, and yeah, sure enough, this is, you know, good funky rock song so i was like all right this is good and i definitely also want to check out this album and probably some of their other stuff too there's a great funky outro to this song like as it's the last minute or so as it's just kind of getting ready to wrap up that's a real funky groove that they get going i really like that part as well i i like that you think craig and eric both are like heavily into a jazz but like what what have they said to you that, that would make you think they want to sit around and listen to jazz eclectic pace at least i think eric certainly does i'm Craig listens to fish. That's it. I know. That's the only, only band he listens to, right? Yeah, I don't know. This is another one where the production on this is immaculate. Like, we're getting great vocals and great musicianship on here, but it just sounds fantastic. Everything is put together so well. It just, it all fits so nicely, and it's just a, a lovely, wonderful package. Yeah. And that chorus, man, that 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 hooks in your head right away. You're gonna be mm -hmm. a rock star just like me. And then yeah, yeah. yeah. That the breakdown always makes the hair on my arm stands up when he starts doing his I have a nightmare speech. It's just like uh -huh. yeah. oh yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> like, like oh, he, that's something else. He's just going in there. It's so cool. But uh Brian, Dan Reed does have solo albums that are more in line with what you imagined they sound like. They're very oh, okay, very acoustic singer songwriter stuff. Uh, oh okay interesting like, yeah i like the one there's one called lift off that's real i think is really good and worth checking out but yeah that it, it is interesting now that i know dan Reed network to imagine craig opening for him and especially because i've interviewed dan now too <laughs> <laughs> oh wow oh that's cool yeah yeah so yeah this is a great record i'm glad i checked it out i'm glad i took a chance on it because this was uh just ended up blowing me away. It became something I play it in the car all the time when I'm going places. This this is a crank it up and sing a sing along album. This is something I'm going to keep coming back to. And I built up the Dan Reed collection pretty quickly because there's not that many albums by this band. But mm -hmm. hoping that hoping there's more in the future because yeah, this is this is really good stuff. This is what year is the first album? 19, Do you remember off the top of your head? I want to say 1987. Oh wow! Oh yeah. They've been around a while. Yeah. yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, they played there were three on Mercury, the self-titled, Slam, and The Heat. And then they broke up. Dan was kind of burned out with the music industry. So he kind of went on like a 
self-exploring journey. He traveled like around the world. He was in India for a while. And then eventually he kind of made his way back, started doing the cigar songwriter stuff. And then in 2012, he reunited the the network and they've been together doing stuff sporadically ever since. Very cool. I'm, de- I'm definitely going to start listening to him and I'm always going to make sure I give you credit for introducing me to him and not <laughs> Eric Miller and not. Craig <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, he is the that's one that awesome. actually sent a song. So, yep. Yeah. Nice. And those are, and that's our top 10. That was a lot of fun guys. Uh, it really got, was. Yep. And we got some more to talk about. I don't know how many of these you have, but I decided to add, add an additional section to this episode because Brian said he wanted to talk about a very specific reissue so i decided i would add our favorite reissue section so do you guys have any favorite reissued albums that came out this year that you want to talk about anything you'd like this year sarah <laughs> yeah but i think they're pretty much the same things as you <laughs> so then you have probably a better notes on them than I well do, i don't so. have any notes i just oh. have a little list okay, for reissues this is good so reissues that's basically a lot of what I spend money on. Yes. There's all these bands that exploit my fan fandom and make me buy their albums over and over and over again. So number three for this year, I put Blondie Against the Odds, which is a great three disc set of alternate takes of Blondie songs that we all know and love. And at number two, it just made it out just in time because this band can't deliver an album on time to save their lives. The Cure Wish, which got a nice three disc reissue full of lots of tasty uh, demos and things like that. And that's an album that I think I'm enjoying it more now than I did back when it was released. I mean, I always always liked it, but I'm amazed at how solid a record it is. Uh, back in the, the day, I think I remember being a little disappointed in it as a follow-up to Disintegration, but now I, I really am in digging, uh, digging every song. But number one on my list of reissues, Sly Dog, is the album that I was so excited this... Luckily, they didn't give us much of a warning this was coming because I would not have been able to focus on living my life because I just <laughs> wanted this record so much. I think we recorded maybe seven episodes of our podcast about the oh. 11 songs on this record yeah. this year. Uh, Queen the Miracle. <laughs> album um, was given the big box set treatment four CDs a DVD a fancy book lots of lots of little tidbits in there and this is just a fantastic album it was already my third favorite Queen album but they made it even better with especially the second disc have you listened to this the the Miracle Sessions I need to do that yet I haven't done that I've just kind of been uh, I'll, I'll explain why I haven't got to it in a second but continue 
Okay. That disc is is the kicker. If you're a Queen fan, this is going to be the high point of your, your year listening to the Sessions disc where we get to hear the first take of every song on the album. The guys in the studio playing it and singing it together for the first time. And then you get like six other songs from those sessions that didn't make the album. But they're having so much fun. There's all these funny little exchanges in between the songs between Roger and Freddie and Freddie just coming up with a guitar line up off the top of his head and then asking Brian to play it in the song. Um, you know, Freddie sings it and Brian plays it on a guitar. It's just so fascinating to hear them work in the studio. And it's, it's the highlight of my year is the, musically is uh, that second disc of the set. Very cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm a queen fan myself. I'm, I don't know if I'm a super queen fan, but I'm definitely a queen fan. I own all their albums. Except I'm only missing two, I think. And, uh, the Miracle is an album that has, I, I knew I liked I Want It All, but that was all I could remember from it. And I had The Miracle, and I always thought it sounded thin, and I always thought there was, wasn't was anything on there that was really grabbing me. So I kind of thought it was oh, just, wow. there, just hmm. there. So um, I kind of, I was like, I'll order, I'll order it, I'll give it a shot. Maybe it'll improve the sound of the album. And then I got it, and it, I let it sit for a bit. I'm like, I should give this a try. And I put it in, I put in the first disc, the original album. And it was like hearing the album for the first time. And it was like, this is so crystal clear and good and full and beautiful. Like, mm. and, and it made me like, like, like hearing the song, the miracle on here for the first time, I was like, how did I not get that the first time around? This is so good. And I was like, and I went over to my shelf and I pulled out the other, the, my original miracle CD. I took it out of the case and I noticed something about it. And it makes me think my original copy of the miracle might have been defective because I pulled out the CD and it's so thin you can see right through it. Like I can put my hand behind it and you can oh, see weird. my hand through the CD. Oh. And I put it in. I was like, yeah, that sounds like ass. But so, <laughs> so I but I didn't know that. So I was like, so yeah. for a long time I thought like, oh, that, that album's just what it is. But so hearing the first disc for the first time, it was like hearing the album for the first time. And I've been kind of stuck in that mode because I didn't realize how great these songs were. So, That's amazing. So, yeah, it was like a whole new uh, wow. experience for me hear hearing this album. Like, so I definitely need to listen to that second disc. That sounds like a lot of fun. But yeah, this is one of my favorite reissues of the year, too, just because it totally changed my view on an album I thought was just kind yeah. of passable turned out to be an yeah. album that's actually this is probably one of their best i'd probably put it up there with jazz or night at the opera like i love this record oh, so good awesome. i'm so glad you took the chance and got it again when you're rediscovering it and, and realizing how good it is which yeah. version did you have is it, it's not the hollywood um reissue from the 90s is it it was the hollywood reissue from the 90s actually yeah really yeah because that's what know. i had up until I guess the last reissue, because I buy it every single time. Um, <laughs> that's what I had for most of my Queen fandom, I guess. And I don't know. I don't think mine was like that. I'm not yeah. sure, though. I gave it away, so I can't check. Yeah, I did. I, I looked at that after I, I, fin I finished like comparing. I was like, I'm not even going to like take this one to Amoeba to sell it. Like this will this will ruin someone's view of the album. This is going. <laughs> yeah, this is I'm going to save the case and recycle the CD. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> So. that's awesome well i'm glad you rediscovered it i'm glad that you you do dig it now yeah and to hear you put it up there with night of the opera that's that's saying something oh yeah yeah i, I really like 80s queen quite a, quite a bit like I, I i even like hot space quite a bit i think that's a fine oh, yeah. album oh me too yeah uh well i think all your reissues were, were great um 
I, I've got two other ones I want to touch on real quick. Um, Beach Boys, Sail on Sailor. This takes two of their classic albums, Carl and the Passions and uh, Holland, and puts them together with a bunch of extra sessions. And they've remastered them again, and they just sound fantastic. They sound so warm. Um, yeah, yeah, like I'm not as familiar with these two albums as some of their other stuff. So it's kind of like I've had them, but hearing them in this new format with these extra tracks, it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, still spending time with this one, still loving it. Beach Boys, Sail on Sailor. What years are those from originally? Uh, let's see. Um, 73 and 72. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That's cool. I don't know very much about the Beach Boys, but yeah, I think of them as a 60s band. Yeah, that's kind of their post-hit period. That's, uh, I, I call it the wilderness years where it's like, okay, we'll, we'll try this and we'll try this. It's kind of before they decided we're just going to be a greatest hits band the rest of our life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love those records. It's end of an era. Um, and the other one that was really big, important to me, Kiss, Creatures of the Night, mm. reissue. with sometimes the uh the fans of this band make it hard to love it seems like <laughs> and the band himself make themselves hard to love at times but uh man hearing this one just made me remember how much i love this band and why i like them in the first place it sounds so good it sounds bigger than ever um there's some really cool demos on here there's a there's a demo on here where Paul Stanley is just making up words to a melody as he goes along and he's kind of like singing nonsense phrases and I just love it because even singing nonsense phrases he sounds so good and he sounds like he's having fun and uh there's a song on here called uh it's my life which is been this song that to me is like Kiss's greatest missed opportunity I feel like it'd be one of their most popular numbers if they'd ever properly released it but they demoed it for the album and they sat on it then they gave it to wendy wendy o and she tried to have a hit with it and didn't and then they demoed it again in the 90s for their comeback album and they did put it on the comeback album they just relegated it to the box set and it seems like everybody that hears it goes like this is like a really good song why haven't they done anything with this and so hmm. to finally have the original version properly released it's kind of cool so yeah kiss what are the what are the big singles on that one uh, I love it loud would be the probably the most well known one and the title track would be the other single. Okay, yeah. I'm sure you know from listening to the Pods and Sods. Like if if Pods and Sods Network releases a podcast and the topic is the monkeys, at some point in time they're going to talk about Kiss. Like they can't not talk about Kiss, even though they both claim that you know they're over Kiss. <laughs> and so now that we've been spending time with 
Mr. Miller, um, in real life, <laughs> Kiss always comes up. We will go out to dinner and something will happen and we'll start talking about Kiss. So I've never listened to Kiss, never had a Kiss album in my life, but I did say to them, those guys one day when we were out record shopping, if I ever see music from the elder, I will buy it. <laughs> And just last weekend, for the first time ever, I stumbled across music for the elder. So I'm now the proud owner of my first Kiss album. Oh, that's incredible! <laughs> nice. you, you got you got to make a post when you when you drop the needle on that one for the first time. So that, All right, that's, that's be <laughs> I'll I'll let you know what I think because I only know, um, like the really really famous songs. I I am an elder fan, so yeah, I'm glad you glad you chose that one not indicative of the rest of the catalog but some great stuff and one of my favorite kiss songs on there that might wait that might work in his favor <laughs> what's yeah. the one that you like that you like so much a world without heroes uh that okay. song i think that's gene's best set of lyrics ever and All covered right. by covered by Cher, funnily enough so that's interesting oh really how about yeah. that yeah. and the, the last thing i want to talk about not really a reissue just something i thought was cool it's a live album alice cooper live at the AstroTurf. This is the original band reuniting for a one-off show at a record store. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just really raw, really fun. Um, Alice, Alice's banter between the songs is really funny. Um, and it's the first time the original band's played together and sometimes it's just a great, fun little release if you're a super fan like I am. I haven't watched the Blu-ray that comes with it yet. I've just been listening to the audio, but yeah, as a, as a super Alice Cooper fan, this was, this was a treat this year, live at the AstroTurf. When was the show recorded? Um, 20, I want to say 2016. It, it, they sat on it for a while. Um, cause so the whole, there's a fun, whole story here. Like the, the owner of this record store is like a super massive Alice Cooper fan, but especially of the era when it was a band and not a person. Uh, it was, it was a group and he wanted to get the band together to play in his record store. And he filmed a whole documentary around it. And there was kind of a will they, won't they, will, uh, will Alice Cooper show up? And he did. And they recorded it and they put out a documentary and that kind of got a little, it was shown around, but then COVID hit and it kind of got shelled mm -hmm. and forgotten about. And then I guess Alice's current label went to him and said, hey, uh, we want to we wanna put this out as audio and video. And they did a little limited release, I think, yeah, my copy's numbered. I've got number uh, 13,945 of the 17, 1,700 there are, 17,000, I should say. So, yeah, this is a cool release. That is cool. Yeah. And the record shop owner is basically the catalyst for it. Yeah, that's wow. a really neat story. Yeah, yeah it really is. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the documentary and kind of like hearing him like just talk about his fandom because Alice Cooper is someone I... I, I don't know if you listened to the episode I did on him this year. Like I go really deep into his stuff. So yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Yep. And I, I talk about funnily enough in that episode, how <laughs> Alice Cooper and Beatloaf are in a movie together. And I'd never seen it at the time. I saw the movie now finally, but that's two of my favorite artists in a movie. And <laughs> I, th I think, it, I think that's funny that that happened. What movie is that? Rhodey. Okay. Oh, okay. It was like an early '80s movie where Meatloaf is this like he ends up becoming this roadie for the stars, and he meets Alice Cooper at one point. And, yeah, it's a trip. You probably have picked up on the fact that I'm afraid of like most things in life. I keep mentioning that <laughs> things scare me. But one of the one of the biggest mistakes I ever made in my life in in high school, I went to see the John Carpenter movie Prince of Darkness, 
um, <laughs> in theaters. And uh, I was, oh my God, I was so scared. Like when we, when we got home, I had a, I went with two of my friends from school. I had to leave the car and go to the front door of my house in the middle of the night. And I was so scared to get out of the car. But um, so Alice Cooper, have you seen that movie? I haven't seen the movie, but I know he wrote a song for it. And I think he's in it. Yeah, he, he's like this homeless guy that's living in the street. And um, there's like this Satan is kind of reborn in this church or something. He's kind of in this jar. It's like a weird fluid, but it's Satan somehow. I don't really remember all the details, but all the homeless people outside of the church sort of get possessed. And they they take up positions to protect the building, like to keep people out of it. And I, I forget who he kills, but Alice Cooper kills somebody by shoving a bicycle through his chest. Oh, and yeah. I was like so terrified and grossed out. And my friend turns me in the movie and he, and he just whispered in my ear, he made him ride the bike. (laughs) And and like that stupid statement, like saved me from a extra terror. I just started cracking up so that we, I don't, we don't say it as much as we used to, but every now and again, we'll we'll bring that phrase up. He made him ride the bike. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. That, that, that movie, I need to see that. Like, I would just like to see the clip of him doing that because I think that'd be kind of funny. Alice is a, tri- <laughs> Alice is a trip because you know you you read interviews and you watch interviews. He's just one of the most nicest, laid back guys you could ever. Yeah, I know. To be and then on stage, he's like the 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 most evil showman you can think of. It's wonderful, right? Yeah, very <laughs> cool. And and on that tour, uh, he was originally going to recreate the trick of impaling someone on the bicycle on stage, but he ended up instead impaling someone on a microphone stand. Oh really? Oh, oh my yeah, gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so that sinister. Was, yeah, that was a that that eighty seven tour was very bloody. That was one of his, that was one of his like most intense, gruesome shows. Mm. Impaling guy on a mic stand, uh, decapitating some someone other than himself with like a big blood splat. Uh, yeah, the babies he chopped the heads off of. Yeah, so that was a dark, dark tour. I am. I'm not going to be able to fall asleep tonight now. <laughs> you're, you're not going to be fall asleep, fall asleep. And I'm like, I just sort of think, God, if I had a time machine, I would just go to. I, I would hit <laughs> you want to see every show I, on that I, tour. I, I want to be in the front row getting my head face yeah. with the blood. <laughs> you're in the splash zone. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I realized it took you out of your comfort zone a little bit, but this has been a lot of fun, guys. Thanks oh. so much for doing this. Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, you you introduced us to a lot of great music on, yeah, on this list. This was a very valuable exercise for us. A, a lot of fun, of course, too. And now we have new things to to look forward to, new things to try out. Yeah, we're getting out of our comfort zone, and I'm glad of that. So thank you for for that. And thank you guys for the music too, because I'm definitely going to check some of this stuff out, like the Colin Hay and the uh, VHXX. I, I probably butchered that name, but the, the- <laughs> VHXRR. VHXRR, yeah, I want to I want to check that out too, and Collective Soul. So yeah, this was a lot of fun. Uh, why don't you guys plug your incredible show you do right now? All right, okay. Well, we have a little podcast called the Permanent Record Podcast, and you can find it anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, we have a website www.permanentrecordpodcast.com, and you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and yeah. We basically talk about all these 80s acts that you've heard us go on about for the past two hours. Right. <laughs> and that's and they, that's the kind of music that we cover. We're getting ready to release episode 150 this weekend, hopefully. Ooh, I look forward to it. Um, it, it, it is it going to be another album review or is it going to be an interview? 
Yeah, this is an interview with VHXRR. Okay, okay. I'll I'll be I'll be excited to hear what's next because um, I know you guys just finished uh, Scoundrel Jace. I think was the album. Yeah, that took almost <laughs> over many many months. We've finally got that one released, and uh, yeah, that was a fun discussion. But yeah, we've got more good stuff coming next year. Well, this year. I encourage people to check that out, and I encourage you to check out the Dead or Alive uh, Mad Bad Dangerous to Know episode where Brian drops one of my favorite quotables, which was, at first I thought he was trying to be subtle, but then I realized this is Pete Burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hate to laugh at my own comment, but it was so long ago, I don't remember it, so I couldn't help it. Yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> I, I will say, that, like, getting into Dead or Alive, we may have to do a Dead or Alive album by album at some point. Mm. That, that may have to be a thing. That would be amazing. As much as it's good, as it's going to pain me to to tear apart nude but <laughs> oh yeah 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 i know yeah. not the best no but i like your story about it being in college when that one came out i thought that was funny oh <laughs> thank you that was a good one all right well thanks guys this has been a blast till next time i'm the sly dog peace love rock and roll <laughs>
listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.